everyone. Welcome. It's Drop Frames now in 60 FPS. Except for Rami. It only took eight years for me to realize there was a problem. Seven, maybe. Rami, you're 24 FPS. Oh, 24. No, that was uh, that was too slow. Yeah. Yeah, you got you to gotta move Fair. a little slower there. You got to move a little okay. slower there. Uh, Do, no, no, it is not Captain Rami. It is Captain C-A-P-P-I and apostrophe. Let's, let's, let's get this over with. We can't legally call you a captain, according to you. So I don't know if this is a legal source that's trustable, Rami. I don't know if you are or not. But why can I'm, we not I'm, call I'm, you a captain? What What is this I, I thing? I think because the phrase captain comes from military phraseology, and uh, I'm technically a pilot in command, which you, yes. you can call me that, but not captain. Do we say you can, call, you can call him a big pick? If you want to, mm-hmm. pilot in command. That, wait, oh. I, feel, I feel like this. My Dutch, my Dutch side is very uncomfortable with that phrasing. Yeah, I, I was worried. When... Do not, do not ask. <clears> throat> 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 okay. Dutch. Just okay. Do not. I was just going to say my, my American side feels a little weird about it. So uh, yeah, I'm let's not even share with the Dutch side. Calling <laughs> anyone a big <laughs> X is just generally frowned upon. I think these yeah, days yeah. it's not a big a big pick is definitely one that you don't want to use in the Netherlands. Okay. Just, All right. Trust okay. me on this one. All right. Noted. We won't. Did or you we just will. Call we will trust a you. wet armchair, dude. <laughs> I think so. Uh, Rami, are, do we do we congratulate you on becoming a not captain? Captain, what what do we? What is uh, yeah, like? I mean, what is the? Wait, do we get a champagne bottle? Do we have to get a sword wait, and wait. like saber? I think it? I know this. Ready? I've I've been through this once in my life before. Here we go. Ready? What? Rats on your wings. Is that what? That's what I've heard. That's, that's what I've heard you nice, say. That's, that's what I've heard nice you say. Rats on your wings. They give that's you what wings. You're supposed to say new pilots. Yes, he can actually fly now. He has wings. They give you a celebratory what? set of wings. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Icarus thing. <clears throat> they just tell you to not go too high. Man. Uh, yeah. Away from the sun. No, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a th- it's been a dream since I was a kid, and um, I, I've always wanted to fly uh, fly airplanes, and um, I just never had time. Like at first, I didn't have money for it. Then I started a game studio. Then I didn't have time for it, and then sort of the whole COVID thing happened, and then I had both time and money. So I decided to <laughs> start on my license, and um, it took me about half a year to to get my pilot's license, and now I can small fly small single engine airplanes. Which, okay. Um, anything with a single propeller. Uh, so basically, when I say I lose an engine, I mean like I lose it's not the good. engine. Yeah, that's bad. But um, beyond that, it's fairly chill. Okay. Hopefully, gain a parachute at that point. Yeah. Do you... we do not have we do not have a parachute? What? On the... there seems to be the... enough room for one. Why? Would yeah. You why would you? One? Why you would could... you not have a parachute? You would not have a parachute because you're responsible for putting the plane on the ground. Safety. Oh, they don't want you to bail out over like. Uh... In case you saw that whole situation with that YouTuber a while ago that decided to pretend that his airplane yes. was crashing and jump out for the YouTube views. Yeah, yeah. They it turns out <clears throat> aviation rules don't like that. Like, is that, so like, wait, is that like a illegality thing? Like, you're not allowed to bring no, a parachute you, with you. You can bring, but it, okay. it's basically like considered. It's last last chance. Last, it's not. It's the not last good. thing you want to do is jump yeah, out of an airplane. It, it would legally get you in trouble. Um, and uh, you can get, however, airplanes with parachutes on them. So oh, yeah, if you yeah. have an airplane oh. issue, there, there are certain airplanes that just have a chute as part of the airplane, and that's fine. You can deploy that one. Oh, okay. Uh, mm. Yeah. Learning a lot. Today. I saw the uh, the yeah. model for those um, like, airplane, awesome. like years ago. 
but it, it like it i'm not sure if it blows off the nose cone or the or the tail end or whatever but like it like pops out and it, it you it's know not, it showed it shows like the simulation airplane. yeah <laughs> kind of a last resort situation i would I kind would of not a thing you want to be doing so but, uh, yeah they're nice the airplanes i fly don't have those so <laughs> i just really should try to not break the airplane so how how far away are you from the the jet license is that like a uh no. miles away are you close Can you- uh, no i could technically go in that direction so so what i have now is called a, a private pilot's license and it allows me to fly privately on every single engine piston airplane so an airplane with a single propeller on the front uh-huh and then um you can basically expand towards multi-engine pistons, so then you can have multiple propellers on the airplane, or you can go towards turbines, single-engine turbines, multi-engine turbine. And then to go towards your uh, jet license, you would first get something called your CPO, your commercial pilot's license. Then you can earn money flying whatever way. Oh. And then you would get your IFR rating, which allows you to fly in bad weather when you can't see Ooh. stuff. Oh. Um, so take off in clouds, uh, landing clouds, go through bad weather. But basically, it forces you to fly according to like highway instrument rating. Yeah, your instrument flight rules rating. Um, and then after your IR rating, you can go towards your ATPO, which is your like airliner pilot um, thing. And it's funny because technically, the airliner license, the ATPO. Um, comes with like ratings for all of the specific airplanes. So if you want to buy a 747, if you want to fly a 747, you would have to get a 747 rating because the airline won't let you fly without that. But if you are extremely rich, oh, you can just buy the Boeing. Okay. And then as long as multi-engine turbine license, you don't even need the commercial license or the ATPL. You can just fly on the, the turbine rating and just fly it. Which is preposterous, but there, there's technically nothing that prohibits you from flying a really big multi-engine turbine airplane. That seems a little scary. That's great to know. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. Use, I guess it's useful information. If you ever, is, I mean, buy a Boeing, <clears throat> you can skip. Okay. Oh, oh, it's specifically Boeing. Well, seven forty-seven or yeah, whatever. Oh, okay. Like any of those airplanes, the, they're all multi-engine the turbine continued? airplanes. Maybe. Yeah, so you can probably get a cheap one. Yeah, you probably could. <laughs> the model's coming out. It's kind of like, you know, the previous... You know, let's just go cards. to Google. What does a <laughs> Boeing 747 cost? Right. Yeah. Okay, uh, let me guess. Yeah. Let's all do our... Uh, Rami, you can't guess because you probably know. Um, I'm going to guess... Now, this is brand Boeing new. 747 costs... Brand new. I'm going to say... I'm going to be way off, though. Uh, I'm going to say $11 million. Oh, oh. Way too I'm much, go, way off. Way I'm going to go with $150 million. Okay. Oh, really? That much? Rami, do you know the price of a Boeing 747? I have never checked, so I'm just <laughs> as curious as you are. So we're getting kind of uh, differing results here. Um, this one says... To be fair, the one I'm talking about is encrusted with gold and diamonds. Gotcha. Well, you're both <laughs> off by a couple hundred million. Uh, in 2019, <laughs> the list price for a Boeing 747 was between 248 million and 338 million. However, according to simpleflying.com, a brand new 747-8 would be worth 418.4 million. And that was published January 20th, 
2022. And that includes the engines and wheels? I guess, yeah. I would hope so. I would hope so. For half a billion dollars. Uh, Yeah. 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 It's been really fun. Honestly, like, I was thinking about, like, like, things of comparable size. I was like, all right, a nice, big, fat mansion. (laughs) Like, $11 million will get you a pretty goddamn huge house and a lot of land and a lot of places. Big thing is, so I was like, an airplane, you could fit, like, several airplanes on a land that you paid 11 million dollars for hmm. so like i didn't know that's like a, the parts of the thing would cost that much that's a good line of thinking but you have to think like a capitalist because pretty much the only reason you'd buy one of these planes is to make money yeah so like unlike a mansion or something well, you know i mean sure you can make some money off that but it's not quite the same like these are literally money generation machines yeah so they are going to price them as such <laughs> i did not know that yeah. um but the important question is I think the important question I want to know is if Rami started, if you started an airline, Rami, um, mm-hmm. what would the airline's name be? And I, I wrote down like, would it be like Air Habibi or something like that? Or I would like that Air Habibi would be great. <laughs> I would okay. love Air Habibi. Uh, that that's actually uh, that my first chance was Air Habibi, and then oh, I really? would get banned okay. from every country because it's an Arabic <laughs> thing. So there's be like no air airplane. They're like, what the fuck does I'm this sorry. mean? Yeah, that this is. <laughs> FBI, NSA, TSA. Wait, hold on. CIA. I I finally realized why you went and got and a fly a license to fly. Finally, don't get random checked. You don't get random checked. You That's the entire reason. You, it was a six month ordeal, and you know, like that was why. No. Now I fly with my pilot's bag, and obviously there's a lot of aviation-related stuff in my in my bag. There's like a radio that is specifically tuned to the air radio. Yeah. Um, in my bag. So now instead of getting random checked, I'm getting reasonably checked for having a whole bunch of aviation stuff in my bag. Oh, geez. And it feels so much better. It feels so much better. It's just I, like, I guess, Sir, yeah. what is that thing? I'm like, pilot's radio. They're like, why do you have that? I'm like, I'm a pilot. They're like, oh. I'm like, here's my license. They're like, okay, sir. I'm like, wow, this is so much nicer. Then you'll oh. be like, sir, you're getting selected randomly. Also, we need to check your bag for bombs, <laughs> and we need to check where your dad is from. What is this sure. square device? Sir, that's my laptop. What do you need What do you need a laptop for? What are you doing with a laptop? I have literally had TSA ask me what my underwear was. They're like, what is this, sir? I'm like, those are, those are, what, did your underwear just have, like, shorts. bombs on it? Or what What the fuck was the issue? Nope. They, literally just grabbed, they literally just grabbed a random item, and they're like, what is this? I'm like, you should have looked them dead in the eyes and been like, you, you, that's my weapon storage device. <laughs> yeah. I honestly just pictured you know. a, a fucking pair of Rami's underwear that just says the bomb on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, man. Like, so, yeah. sir. So, right. What does this mean? <laughs> like, come on, come on, man. You know what that means. Right? Come on. If this, you see I'm not that, gonna read it. It I'm transcends it. language. <laughs> okay. This if is... I say this out loud in the building, I will be dead. So how about you read it for me? That's true. <laughs> That's true. So yeah. Wow. Huh. So, uh, wow. It's been good. Yeah. You fly how many no, how, how often do you yeah, fly? In all seriousness, congrats. That is awesome. Thank you so that much. Absolutely. Awesome. About like once every two weeks at this point. Okay. Like once a week, once you every ha- two weeks. But it's been very snowy. Does so. the license require you to fly a certain amount per year? Or do you have to get tested hours again? per year. That's it? That's well, it. I mean. It's one hour per month. Year. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'm, but, I assume uh, it's different for different licenses and ratings and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for example, I have a medical license where I need to check if I'm not likely to just die. While flying the airplane, and oh. if you do it PPL, if you die, you know it's mostly going to kill you. 
Um, well, if you go CPL or ATPL, it's like yearly and it's like much higher. Like commercial pilots, like jetline pilots, have to be in like pretty good shape to be continue to to continue to do it. Yeah. And like your eyesight goes worse, like you're done, right? Like these people have a heart attack; they're done with their career. Like that's it. End of story. Like you'll need years to rehabilitate to the point where they will let you fly again. So it's. I don't think I want to be a commercial pilot. Makes I really sense. like the idea of just waking up and going like, I want to go to France today and just getting in an airplane and flying for a few hours. And it's, that's been really nice. That's kind of sick. Yeah. Kind of a nice. That is nice pretty deal. awesome. So out of, out of curiosity, and if this, this is too much, feel free to draw the line, but like, so it would, how much does that cost you? Like if you, is it just so, the cost of fuel or like does X amount of sky miles mean a maintenance thing you have to do? Like what? Yeah. Maintenance is, uh, maintenance is, is part of it. So, so renting an airplane wet, which means with fuel included is about 200 euros an hour. An so hour. an hour. So you want to fly for four hours. It'll set you back about 800 euros. So it's not, it's not cheap. That's but not you can super offset- crazy though. It's not super crazy, and you can offset it by flying with other people. Like I yeah. said, I can't make money, but I can actually um, split costs. So oh. I'll fly with a friend and just go like between the two of us or three of us. We'll just split the money, and then I'll fly people to a place. Have you have you taken and, friends cool. flying yet? Yep. Yep. Are they a I, one wreck? of my friends? Like I, some of I them don't are. Know, I'll be honest, Rami. I don't know if I would want to get in a plane with you. So my favorite thing about the flying thing that is that makes me as nervous. A, <laughs> as a pilot, you're actually you're you're in control of the flight, you're pilot in command, but you normally have two sets of controls, right? Okay. Left seat, right seat. Yeah, yeah. A pilot is usually in the left seat, but as a pilot in command, I'm allowed to let the person in the right seat control the airplane. I'm just responsible for what they do. So I've had almost every single one of my friends, I've had them like try light turns and like climb and descend. And I had one. And they don't need any just, like that would they don't need a license man. or anything like that. that no, 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 no. Make me it's nervous my right now. It's my responsibility. Um, so I would have like friends like make like small little turns and like you know. And my favorite thing about that is I had a friend who was like, I was like, okay, so first let's let's try and climb, and he pulls on the thing, and you know we start we start climbing, and I have my hand on the throttle in case he does something bad, so I can speed up or speed down. And we're like, okay, oh, that's really good. Okay, now now point us back down, and the guy just goes like, whoop. Oh god! And the airplane just goes from like this to like poop. I'm like, oh no, 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 that's too much. No, it's too much. You're done. <laughs> it, was just, it was just like, what, like what? What part of like pushed the thing a little bit made you feel like you should like just like whoop? Jeez. I was like, nope, we're so, good. We're good. So You're done. Follow, follow up question: Can you turn off their controls? Just like no, 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 you can't. Jeez. No, it's not great. Yeah, does does like flight control notice that? And do you get contacted? When so that happens, if you have like a random is, drop in elevation, if you fly IFR, which is instrument rating, absolutely. Okay. If you fly VFR, then they don't care. You can you can fly wherever you want as long as you're not getting in airspace that is used by controlled airplanes. Got so it. in my case, if they see my airplane doing really weird stuff, yeah, they'll ping me and they'll go like you know whatever the name of my airplane is, and then like, hey, are are you okay? And they just be like, yeah, I have an idiot next to me that decided to like fall asleep on the steering yeah, wheel. Yeah, let my friend you drive. Know. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, you can actually you can actually do that. There's no rules against it. Wild. The the <laughs> only thing is you, I am responsible. So if my friend dives down and it damages the airplane, that is on me, right? Mm. 
Now, most people do not push or pull on the wheel, the yoke, with full force. But I've now come to the realization that I need to explain what I mean by push. Yeah. Um, which is not put your full weight on the thing. That's not Gently that and ended. slowly. <laughs> as to yeah, not he's just like, just a little a bit. Nosedive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those airplanes, so, like the thing people don't realize is those planes can handle so much. Like, really, like the, the, the amount of forces they can handle is bonkers because you always look, you know, you, you look at like airplanes and, you know, you have turbulence, you see the wings bend. You're like, that's not good. And then you look at like a stress test on those wings and they bend like 25 degrees up and they're fine. And you're like, what? what? Yeah. You, you can, you, that work. Okay. That works. This is um, good knowledge for me to have because I am a, I, I, I've flown a lot like in the last flyer? 10 years of my life. But it's nice to know that like they can go way further than I've seen them go because I've oh. seen them like they it looks sometimes like they're yeah. flapping, dude. Yeah. Like, is that how yeah. we're is that how we're actually getting around? Yep. That's that's literally it. And, and also like, you know, engines like you're you have a big airplane. It can fly on one engine. It has right. four. If they lose three of them, it will fly. It, it will just continue like it can continue to fly. You actually get training on how to fly with only one engine. Asymmetrical flight is what they call it. They'll teach you how to fly with just one engine pushing you like sideways and how to like basically side slip for the entire flight. Uh, like the, the, the limits, the mechanical limits and the engineering limits on airplanes are just ridiculous. So I got to get this out before I forget. We were talking, you were talking about like how much it costs and that kind of stuff. And I, I brought, I, I said like, like an Uber pool, like you can have the, you know, you can't make money, but you can have people help you. And someone in my yeah. chat put the perfect name for your, if you're going to do that. Oh, air hobby and B. That's not bad. That's I, I, you it get was breakfast so good. I had dude. to say it, dude. Yep. Fair. So you, you go, you fly with me, you pay for it. And then you buy me breakfast. I guess that's what, yeah, yeah. Done. I'm in. Let's Regardless do of time of day, it's breakfast. It can't be any other yeah, food selection. And that's it could it. be that could be an overnight thing or an escort service. Like both, you know, it would all it would all work well. Yeah, that's fly true. to a uh, romantic location and and you know escort them around it and then get back in the plane and go home. Yeah. Okay, go. You're in charge of that part of the business. <laughs> Great. Good. Awesome. Credit. Just shoot, you, shoot me a PM if you're in my chat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. There's, this was actually a really good question from my chat, too, that I, I am curious about as well. Let's hear it. Uh, someone said, how hard or easy is it to just totally fuck up a plane while flying? Like, does pressing a wrong button at a wrong time make the plane start to crash? <laughs> I mean, probably not in that in that kind of way, but, like, that's a good question. Like, how, how delicate or how careful do you have to be? Right. So they're very sturdy, but... Uh, there's absolutely ways to put airplanes in really uncomfortable situations. Um, like one of one of the things uh, we have, for example, is we have a thing called a mixture control that doesn't happen on big airplanes. They automate that. But the uh, mixture control basically controls how much fuel is going into the airplane. If you move it all the way down, you effectively turn off the fuel to the engine. So that's not good for flying. Like, it, you know, your engine stops. Now, the nice thing about the airplanes is that in general, even without engine, it will fly. It's an airplane. It has wings. That's why I'm terrified of helicopters. I I am not. I'm not okay with helicopters. I don't understand helicopters. <laughs> with an sure. airplane, you go forward. You have speed. 
the wings create lift. That makes sense to me. With a helicopter, they flipped it around. They said, we'll make the wings go through the air real fast. And that'll create lift. But if that engine stops, they have a thing called auto no rotation. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, when the helicopter falls, the upwards wind forces the rotors to spin. And that gives you a little bit of power right before you hit the ground. And I'm just like, that's just not... That's I was going to say, that's, assuming that's you're not... falling perfectly level to the ground and not tumbling at that point. Right. You know? That's they, terrifying. They glide, but not... It's not the... It's not a... It's an auto-rotation. It's not technically a glide. It's a phenomenal system, but also, I do not like it. Yeah. In my airplane, my <laughs> engine goes off. We practice this all the time. I can just look around, just be like, mm, maybe there... No, no, I don't like that. How about over? Yeah, that looks like a good Pick field. A field. Go oh, no, the wind isn't great. The wind isn't great. Okay, well, maybe that one after all. And I just, it's great. It's like, I just have time. I just sit there. Yeah. You have like minutes to figure out your stuff in general. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's lovely. What? I don't know. What is what is our pilot doing? Oh, we're crashing and he's, he's deciding on the best place for us putting, to, to have our he's landing. putting some cream in his coffee and swirling it around it oh that's maybe that one over there one of the things i learned that made me made me laugh was there there's this thing called a squawk code it's like a four it's a four um digit code okay. that you put in your airplane and they used to identify airplanes yeah and then there's a few special codes and uh, the VFR one, the basically I am not under the control of an ATC, tends to be 7,000, 7,000. And then there is 7,500, 7,6,000, 7,7,0. So the way they taught it to me is uh, seven seven five jack has a knife, which is the code for hijacking. So if any oh. pilot puts 7,500, it's a hijacking. Uh, seven six, and this is a Dutch one. Seven six a cornix, which means seven six. I can't hear anything, which means my radio is broken. And seven seven, we're going to heaven, which means the airplane is in a terrible state, and we don't know if we're going to make it. Yeah, the terrifying um, one. Ooh. Yeah, seven seven. You don't want if anybody puts seven seven in, it's not good news. Right? right. It's the emergency code. So I was just like, I love know, that you have mnemonic devices for that. Like right. Jack five, Jack has a knife. That means we're being yeah. hijacked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you see, there's a seven five squawk. It's like okay, uh, but that the, image the thing of with a pilot going down. Which one? Going to heaven. Going to heaven. Going, seven seven. <laughs> yeah. There we go. And then like yeah. starts punching. Boop, boop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it's that kind of stuff. A lot of aviation is not. Aviation isn't inherently dangerous. It's just unforgiving. If you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna cause trouble and sure uh, somebody mentioned a stall in in the chat earlier and like you know it's a thing like you lose too much speed your airplane falls and it's not really a problem it's fine like your airplane can fall if you fall you gain speed you gain speed you can fly see again. chat all those times i stall when when i play the game it's fine what do you stop freaking yes. out I'm, I, that's, <laughs> jp he's, he's just, not stalling he's, he's gaining, gaining speed. speed yeah, yeah exactly right. like, guys come on stop freaking speed. out in the chat it's fine <laughs> You fix it wrong, you make it worse. You fix it wrong again, you die. Right? Like, that's well, kind of like. We don't need to the, talk about what happened afterwards. Right. But in the moment, yeah, right. I was fine. It was great. There's, there's definitely <laughs> a guy. There's a guy in my chat being like, man, I'm sitting in the airport. And this is just the best podcast. That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was well, thinking about that remember, earlier. You, you got to remember the part that where Rami said that like airplanes are very durable and it's like it's very right. uh, rare yeah. when anything goes wrong. However, I the do want to ask, is, like, what is the worst enemy of a pilot? <laughs> like, uh, what is the biggest? Okay, like, so 
before before that you have to remember that the reason we know all this stuff is because every pilot trains to a ridiculous degree on every of these things like the amount right. of stalls i've done the amount of landings i've done glide-ins emergency landings radio protocol stuff like that like i am a private pilot if i mess it up i die nobody else right 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 and even for that level of license i needed this much training the commercial pilots, like the amount of, of um, the amount of training to do is ridiculous. And you ask me what the biggest enemy of a pilot is? It's the pilot. It's you. Um, like the weather? Yeah, it's risky. But if you're a good pilot, you don't fly into weather you can't fly into. Or they route uh, you one, around One of the it, riskiest yeah. thing that we get taught is uh, one of the biggest killers in aviation is get their riders. It's the idea of you've planned for a flight, you're in the air, you see conditions are getting worse, and you're like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna punch it through. And you know, the clouds are getting low, but I'm gonna get, I'm just gonna go under them. I'm just gonna, you know, like I'm just gonna go under the clouds, and they keep pushing you down, and then eventually you can't see anymore. And like, so get the right as ego, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, not having proper respect for the weather and the circumstances. That's that's your biggest enemy, which is sense. why they fly with multiple pilots on big airlines. Yeah. When I when I asked that question, Chad immediately erupted with all three chats said birds. Like a lot of people saying birds. Are birds no, a big concern? Birds are fine. Uh, no, I think I've hit a okay. bird once. Yeah. Like you, okay. you, you hit bird. Birds happen. Like, okay. you know, if they're smart, they get out of the way. But, you know, big birds, <laughs> not great. But, yeah. Uh, no, bird, birds happen. Like clouds happen. Like uh, I had okay. a bird hit a wing once and it was just a very loud dunk. And you're like, what? And it was fine. Well, that's good. At least you didn't, you know, yeah. lose your shit. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a little stamp, like, in the cockpit where you hit, like, bird? <laughs> yeah, you're like, <laughs> you just knock one more. Out. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's that, uh, I, I would think, internet famous um, story about how someone's making uh, air traffic control report their, like, airspeed. Have you have you done something like that where you've asked a tower or air traffic to report your speed at no. all? Okay. No, you know you can you can ask a traffic tower to report like yeah. what they have in terms of information on you. You can you can ask really preposterous. The first time I was on radio, I was so nervous because you get trained so formally. I was just like you know like I was like um, uh, what was it? Uh, Dutch mill Papato Victor Hotel Kilo like uh, requesting frequency change. And they was like frequency change uh, Papato Victor Hotel Kilo frequency change approved. Tot ziens. And it's just like bye bye in Dutch. And I'm like uh but b- b- uh, bye. They don't want to talk just, to you. Yeah, they don't care about you. And I was like. <laughs> I was just like, wait, they say bye bye at the instructor. Was like, yeah, of, course they say, of course they say bye bye. What are you talking about? I'm like, what? Yeah. That just, just reminded me of like the Han Solo scene. Like, well, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah. Okay. A boring conversation anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you're literally just like, they're just people. They make jokes. Sometimes they do ridiculous stuff. And sometimes, you know, I've had somebody be on a frequency, say bye to the frequency thought they switched but they didn't switch and then get back on the frequency and then the tower was like you you forgot to switch frequency and the guy was like oh yeah sorry and then going back on the same frequency again and the tower was like dude you gotta you gotta i'm you sure gotta they've seen all of, of it yeah yeah uh, of course alpha victor niner uh are you drunk what's going on here <laughs> yeah are we... yeah that's probably <laughs> a conversation you've had a lot R- sure. report alcoholic level please yeah over geez. Uh, if you you're wonder if, uh, if people just get their pilot's license to do like, like, uh, uh, COD, like COD lobbies 
and they just like pump their shitty music through it just to like, annoy the towers. <laughs> you can do that actually. Like that's why every every time people and when they see the pilot's radio, they're like, "Why do you have this?" And it's like a pilot. They're like, oh, yeah. okay, bring that to an airport. You could literally just rickroll everybody Anyone. at the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they can't oh. trace it because the, oh, my pilot's the, license. Yeah. The reason we say our flyer, our airplane number, is because technically you can't see who's on the radio. In fact, there can only be one person transmitting on that radio frequency at any given time. So if anybody just presses the send button and Rick rolls the entire thing, nobody else can speak anymore. You can block the entire frequency, which is the thing that happens where you're just listening to a conversation between two pilots and they're just holding down the button by accident. So yeah. I'm really excited about your lunch, mate, but I, I need to tell people that I need to land now. Like, could we... <laughs> can we hurry the wow. fuck up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just sitting, like, sitting in your air tower and you just hear like, Someone's on the plane! Someone's on the plane! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A little scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's it, good times. It, have you have you heard the, uh, the LA Speed story about the SR-71? Have you listened to that? If not, you should. Basically, the, I, I need to look the very, very short version is there's someone who's like asking uh, the flight tower for their uh, speed and they're out on like a Sunday or something and all these people start one-upping each other and then an actual SR-71 pilot comes over and says, can you track my speed? And it's like right. fucking some absurd number and everyone's like, that's not real. And they're like, no, yeah. we're going to do it again. It's real. This is a real SR-71. And then no one says anything afterwards. Like yeah. they all just I, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I'd be done. <laughs> it's, sure it's sure thing, buddy. It's good. Yeah, definitely listen. To I, I need to find that. Okay. <clears throat> it's pretty good. Anyways, video uh. games, Rami. We should probably oh boy, that, discuss them. I like the previous topic better. Let's lower the mood. Let's all get yeah, real. Just, yeah. Well, one. So one let's, put seven, let's put a seven. Let's put a seven here. Yeah. Out of seven. All right. One. One last thing. Uh, Non-video game related. I wanted to ask you uh, because my my lady tried to make one last night. Do you know what a Dutch baby is? It's a food. A Dutch baby. I don't think that's Dutch. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, it, no, I've it might. It, that's it. why I asked. It might very well not be. It's like I'm, a pancake. It's like a oh, uh, you make honestly, it in a uh, ha, cast iron skillet. Oh, I don't think that's. If you look it up Dutch be, baby, you'll see a picture of it. You know, I'm it, terrified like, of googling just anything Googled you it. tell me. Just for the record, yeah. Chat's saying very American. It's Midwest. German. I, I mean, yeah. that's a lot of yeah. German makes sense. Deutsch, like Deutsch baby, that could be. I have no idea. But, oh, maybe that's what it is. Okay, right. Just misspelled. Hoffert, I have no idea. Oh, poftjes are amazing. If you've never had poftjes, you should have some poftjes. Is that the same thing? Just a different name? No, it's like know. tiny little pancakes. Uh, they oh. usually get made with powdered sugar and butter. And mm. Oh, I like both. The Dutch yeah, that... don't get much cooking. The Dutch are not Sounds good at good. cooking. I'll be really honest. The Dutch are awful cooks. Like, I'm, a, I'm proud to be Dutch, but... Um, Basically, when the Dutch cook, it's like sort of like a post-World War thing. And the way they cook is just like they mash stuff together until it's one color and then put a sausage on top. <laughs> so we've got hutspot, which is you mash and I mix. Mean... They've got stumpot, which is just stamp. Um, but when the Dutch bake, yeah, no contest. Crushing it. When the Dutch bake stuff, so good. Pofje, spanakoeken, uh, tompoeze, possible. Uh, like I can list, I know some of those list things. For, 
days and like all of it is amazing. Sounds great. You're going to have to open up a, a place where you just deliver baked goods now, Rami. Oh, yeah. With your no, plane. With, with your it. plane. Yeah. Yeah. Or here's, here's the, th- this is the gimmick. You don't actually get off your plane. You just drop it above their house <laughs> and hope that it somehow gets near their, you know, person, their being. I think an Arab dropping stuff from an airplane under an Air Habibi's flag is probably not going to go well. Probably not. I mean, you never know until you try. You know, I mean, you could try. I would die. Like I've, I've got like an F sixteen, like like right behind me in like twelve seconds. <laughs> There's gonna intercept an F sixteen from America and send it over to wherever you're flying. <laughs> yeah, we need you to take it out, Bob. Get over there, please. <laughs> I just remember thinking really early into my flight career, like when very early on, you you do something called your first solo, and it's the first time you you take off. And fly and land the airplane without an instructor next to you. It happens about twelve to fifteen hours into your into your training. Yeah. And uh, before that, you learn takeoff, then cruise flight, and then finally descent. Right. And then that ends in landing. And I just remember I, I was like at the point where I'd learned to take off and fly. I was like, if the CIA is watching this right now, I'm an Arab who learns to take off an airplane and fly an airplane, but who has not learned how to land it yet. <laughs> I ain't going to the U.S. anytime. Like I'm getting this. I'm getting this done. I'm get. I'm learning the landing thing before I go back to the United States because this yeah. ain't it. I do not want this at all. Sure. It was terrible. Yet another Indiana Jones saying, yeah. "Fly, yes, land, no." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Anyway, yeah. Jeez. I just. It's really weird that I was actively thinking of that, but like it's kind of what you learn over time as as an Arab going through TSA. It's like, nope. Do not want to. Yeah, you're conditioned. Nope. I think mm-hmm. you know that's that's Mm-mm. just not that doing your it. life up until that point to, to understand those experiences. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I get it. So yeah, video games. Video games. There was a lot that happened this week. I don't. This was a very fortuitous week for you to come on this show. Yes, because uh, we would have bumbled through it and been like, yeah, you know, that's that sucks. But now we get like an industry <laughs> insider to say, let's that sucks. Let's get this it out sucks. of the way early. Let's get this out of the way early. Let's do it. Let's just get. Let's just let's just bite the bullet and tear off the bandaid. Okay. Rami, you're an insider in the industry. You probably have more info on this than us. What do you think about these layoffs? Is this I mean, is this just is this just companies resetting and this is normal and this is our economy or is there something more to it or what? What do you think? I th- I think it's a combination of a few things, but basically there's been a ma- there's basically the COVID has been sort of the big one, right? Like, and a large part of that was. A lot of technology companies saw numbers increase. Stockholders mean staffed up because stockholders saw an opportunity. And obviously those opportunities didn't, they didn't amount to anything in the end. Like it it just isn't that. At the same time, we're having an economic recession. So like pretty much everything is being adjusted down. And then finally, a lot of bets that people have been making are just terrible fucking bets. Like, I don't know how to say it any better, but like a lot of these come stadia. Could have been a good bet, bad bet. Uh, yeah. Metaverse, could have been a good bet, bad bet. Uh, NFT, could have been a good bet, bad bet. Like every bet that the industry has been playing. Has tell just tell been... that to Square Enix, please. <laughs> but we do. We do. Everybody does. Everybody in Square Enix says it's bad. Like yeah. it's just. <sighs> no, no, yeah. D- yeah. It is like it's just people saw money. Stockholders went after the money and then. It was it was terrible. Um, 
and we're used to you know we're used to layoffs but like what was this how many tens of thousands well, it was, we've lost it was oh, like between 10, it was ten thousand at google microsoft, microsoft google, amazon Meta, right yeah amazon and a lot, and a a lot slew of, of smaller companies absolutely yep. a lot a lot of just yep. smaller companies have also been getting yep. back if they can essentially yeah it's, been, uh, so, yeah. it's been very bad it's it's going to be very interesting because like obviously the 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 industry is in a weird spot where for a while talent was highly overpaid right like and i say that as somebody who loves developers getting lots of money but it was it was getting a little silly right um and now we're at the point where like obviously like what is there 50,000 of us are on the st- on, on the street looking for work looking for work yeah. and we have no idea what it's going to do for the ecosystem at large because those salaries are no longer sustainable most of them will get hired back like relatively soon but in different positions lower paid positions different companies but um a year ago it was fairly easy to get laid off get a bunch of friends together get investment and get going and right now i'm hearing behind the scenes i'm hearing some investment funds that are like you know it's a recession but the opportunity here is huge. Uh, so I think we'll see a number of like mid-sized, like mid-sized to like small AAA studio startup kind of similar to to what we saw the few last few years. It just won't be as many. Like it'll be slower and and because there just isn't as much money going around. So yeah, you know this is just all of this just pushes the whole idea of unionizing the games industry like further. And I think that that is where this conversation will end up going because this is just this is bonkers. Like they're not just laying off juniors. It's like, this is like across the board talent. Yeah. The, it, it messes up the entire economy of the games industry. Like you don't know. I don't know what a senior is worth right now. Like two weeks ago, I could have told you. Right. Like what the average range for a senior would be in a specific city. Now I just have to wait how things shake out to, to tell you, you say, where you numbers are going to be. Senior. What, what a senior. So there's somebody with like experience, um, right? With, with more experience than a junior, and they're usually like on a low management level. So they're not like managing a thing, but they're usually managing a team of uh, you know normal level employees and junior employees. So sure. seen like the, one of the problems with the games industry is we never we never created like global terminology, <laughs> right? So like a producer in one company. Is something else than a producer in another company. A senior in a company might be an experienced person, or a lead, or a manager, or like closer to a director. And it's like we, we, you just don't know. But sort of that like five to ten years of experience, but not like in a management position. That that's kind of where you'd be looking. I could tell you how much that would have been worth like two weeks ago, and now I have no idea. Just there's too there's too many there's too many available right now. All of a sudden, right? Yeah. It uh, so. It- it's been a really crazy week, not only with all of the layoffs, but you've also got, specifically with the Microsoft stuff, you've got, uh, I mean, I guess a, a place to start is Halo 343 Industries put out a statement that says, yeah, we're going to continue to make Halo now and in the future because there was a leak that said they're not going to make Halo anymore. That's fucking wild. <laughs> and their and their response their response was a one liner. Yeah. Like like didn't go into it anymore, didn't address it anymore. And it's like after all the stuff that they've been through and everything, it it seemed almost surreal. They didn't and they didn't mention layoffs. They did, they just it's literally a one liner. It reads 
Halo and Master Chief are here to stay. 3 for 3 Industries will continue to develop Halo now and in the future, including epic stories, multiplayer, and more of what makes Halo's great. Halo great. Pierre Heinz, studio head. That's it. Yeah. That's crazy. Stuff is wild right now. The other thing, like, you know, 3 for 3, is the, the biggest problem I have with industry statements at the moment is just... I don't know necessarily what's true at any given point anymore because so much is happening and so many people are covering their tracks yeah. and their, their asses that it's hard to know like which part of these, because there might be conversations above 343, there might be conversations in 343, but obviously with, with companies that are traded or companies that are, that are public, they are legally required to keep information until that information is supposed to be publicly available. So. They can't make a statement that agrees with that, even if it were true. Even if they know it's true, they would be legally required to say, like, hey, no, listen, this, we're, we're fine. So yeah. I don't know. Like, I actually don't have an insight on that. Like, I, I, I don't know the story. But the, um, the honest truth is, like, I don't know, like, what is happening right now. Like, the, the amount of consolidation that has happened over the past few years is preposterous. Like, every studio is now part of a bigger thing. And now we're learning that these bigger structures are not sustainable per se, and there's a reckoning. I don't know what that's going to look like. Sure. Do you think it could lead to an environment that was similar to before, like these big acquisitions, like companies in uh, purposefully spinning off or, or staying away from the larger companies? I would hope so. I would hope so. I think the old situation was so much healthier than where we are now. Like, how many games companies, how many third parties are really left? Like, not a much. dozen yeah. of like indie. large, large yeah. scale, like third party, like AAA. Like, what do we have? Uh, Rockstar, I guess. Uh, Rockstar, Bungie is gone. Gorilla, but, uh, Lar- I mean, Larian well, not, is arguably there. Oh, Gorilla got Gorilla's. Yeah, Gorilla's PlayStation. Right. Oh, damn. Uh, Bungie is now PlayStation. Insomniac from software? is off is from the software, grid. Sony? From software is owned by Bandai. Yes. Yeah, I think it's second. Yeah, which I guess is arguably um, yeah, so. rare. Is now Microsoft uh, CD CD Project CDPR yeah still exists. UB yeah. is Bethesda. is still there. Who owns Bethesda? And, and Microsoft. Microsoft. Microsoft yeah. Yeah. That was they the do. big acquisition. And then yeah. and then oh, pretty right, much right. everything. Yep. Yep. Pretty much everything that is third party nowadays is either owned by Tencent or NetEase or has or a percentage like of the other. Net, uh, right. Yeah, Tencent like even is. Nintendo is like Tencent at this point, yep. isn't they it? Ju- they just they bought, bought more like a month yeah, ago or something. They're just going to keep going to keep buying. Yeah. Um, so this idea Ubisoft of, is like, rioting. <laughs> right. Oh, I guess that's true. Um, FromSoft is Katakawa, not not Bandai. Bandai publishes. Not Bandai. Yeah, yeah, Bandai publishes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. But like, that, that's the whole uh, Embracer is there. Like, every, everybody is just getting bought in some way, shape, or form. And it's these larger structures are just not necessarily sustainable for, for the games industry. So this this hope that Co has that it, it'll break into smaller... Um, smaller units is better because I think it will allow for more risk and it will allow for more like healthy competition right now, mate. Like I, I have to say, I'm watching the whole Xbox thing, right. Uh, buying Activision blizzard. That's terrifying. That's scary to me. Like I'm, I am happy that there is pushback on it, even though I know a lot of people wouldn't agree with me, but like if Activision blizzard goes Microsoft, there's, there's just rockstar on that level. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's left. True. So just to grow that thought out a little bit, like what, what is, what is it about it that, that scares you? 
Is it the fact that like it's all under one umbrella? Is it the lack of competition? Like what what's the what's the nitty gritty of that? It's a bit of it's a bit of all of that, right? Like the the, the point is that the the way the games industry works is it it works like any industry. It works healthier when there is more opposing viewpoints of the same thing, or if those viewpoints are um, are competitive. So in the games industry, we have this weird like triple thing, right? We have PC, which is entirely its own thing. Nobody cares about PC, <laughs> uh, even if you're competing with PC. Sure. PC is its own thing, and everybody who plays on PC plays on PC, and they will happily also buy an Xbox, or happily also buy a PlayStation, or happily also buy a Nintendo. They're not a competition. They're their own thing. They've got Nintendo, same thing, right? Nobody cares about Nintendo because the, the, the point with Nintendo is if you want Nintendo, you play Nintendo. If you don't want Nintendo, you don't play Nintendo. But a lot of people who have a Switch will still buy a PC, a PlayStation, or an Xbox. You go to Microsoft and PlayStation, they're that duopoly. They're the two companies that are fighting. And even when you do exclusivity deals, very frequently it'll just be exclusivity for the other one. Right. A lot of them won't even say, like, oh, yeah, you know, PlayStation. They, would, they won't necessarily say, like, you can't put it on Switch. They don't care. It's not, it's not their... It's not their thing. Like you put it on Switch, sure, put it on Switch. Like you, you like it on PlayStation, sure, buy it on Switch. You like it on Microsoft, sure, put it on on, on Switch. Like you see, same thing. Most people don't really care, but Microsoft is winning, right? And that's the part that's scary. Like they're they're winning. Nobody should be winning that. The healthiest place for the console wars to be is for it to be console wars. And then without all the tribal nonsense and people fighting over which one is better. But it, it needs to be a fight. And the problem is PlayStation got hit with three things at once. Game Pass, right? The Switch to PS5, and then uh, stock shortages. So a lot of people that would have bought a PlayStation 5 ended up buying an Xbox because Game Pass is an amazing deal and the PlayStation wasn't available. And Microsoft really quickly managed to f- fix their, their stock problems. So you want to buy an Xbox Series S? You have it. You want to buy that Series X? You can buy it. You want the PlayStation 5? Good luck getting in the queue there. Right? Maybe you'll get it. Maybe you won't. Who knows? So they're behind on PlayStation. Microsoft is pushing real hard on Game Pass. And I'll be honest, like everybody agrees, Game Pass is the best deal in gaming. It yeah. is the best Like there's just no way around it. It's becoming too good of a if deal. That- <laughs> That's it. It's not always going to be I, the best deal. Yeah. Potentially. But that's but the if thing. they keep buying it's, studios, it's get, it gets better, right? <laughs> but what, thing, happens, right? what happens if when they, they stop having to compete? Well, that's right, also that's true. It. Yeah. No, you're, you're 100% that, right. Yeah. yeah. That is the risk, right? They own Call of Duty. They own the largest remaining third-party thing that was used as sort of like a battering stick in both directions, right? Like you, For, you, you for decades. For literal decades. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you would have your FIFAs. You would have your uh, Call of Duty. You would have your Rockstar games, a bunch of Ubisoft stuff. But like, sort of like this big machine of like yearly titles was third party, and now it's becoming first party, and then it stops having to compete because if Call of Duty is just going to be on Game Pass, it already made its money. It already made its money. It made its money in 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 uh, in subscription, right? So why would we make a big deal out of that? Like. Sony has tried to beat them on shooters. We got Killzone. Killzone was good. It wasn't Halo. Right? And you can see Sony preparing for this. They're buying companies that could do first-person shooters. Right? They're, they're pushing for that. They're, they're, but, like, 
I mean, they bought the, the deal Halo is, people. Right? <laughs> like, the, basically, the, the, um, the math is starting to shift. And yeah. it's not at the point yet where, where Xbox is like, has won. But it's really starting to feel like they are winning. And that, to me, that, that's just sort of a, it's a scary note. Right, like yeah. it's just not a it's not a place where I want the industry to be. And like, yeah, for a while, PlayStation was winning. But the thing with PlayStation was PlayStation never found a killing blow. There was the never PS4 anything that PlayStation did. Saying? Yeah, even in the PlayStation Four era, they were competing. Yeah, they were winning. They were they were owning Microsoft like by a ridiculous amount. Yeah. Like, but if Microsoft keeps rising, this sort of like, if they keep raising the pressure with Game Pass. It, that's a killing blow. They're going for a killing blow. If they can kill PlayStation, they will kill PlayStation. And they, that's not... Hey, you know, Phil said they wouldn't do that. Come on. But here's the thing. I love Phil. <laughs> love Phil. Right? I love Phil Spencer. But Phil's not going to be there all the time. Phil's going to go at some point. Yeah. And remember last time Microsoft switched leadership? We got Kodak. Go to Google, one hundred percent go in and be like, yeah, no, a, we'll we'll put a media, we'll we'll make it a media player again, and b, also like, fuck PlayStation, we're fuck gonna PlayStation, yeah, right. So, mm. uh, I love Phil. He's he's like, I've every time I've talked to him, he's been very honest. He's been very truthful. Um, I trust what he says, and he's he's respectful to the point where if he fucks up in public, even just individually, he'll apologize for it. That's rare in a CEO of a company like that, right? Sure, but. At the same time, like he, you know, he's still beholden to the people above him, and if he doesn't do what they want, he'll be gone, right? And it's he's, very much a situation where he could be honest, but the people making the decisions could have just told him the wrong thing, or right. yeah. you know. So, so and, and what can you do at that point? We're, we're not we're not really at the point where this is like an immediate concern. I think it will take a while. I think Activision Blizzard would be a big part of it, but. Um, you know, it's more of a five to ten year thing, uh, where to see where it all settles. It, I, yeah, it won't. The pendulum won't come back. If if Microsoft keeps pushing this, the pendulum won't come back. I don't think it's going to come back to PlayStation. Like the the amount of change that they would need and the amount of studios they would need to buy, they can't afford it. Like they, they it's not. They can't do that right now. Right, Microsoft's coffers are just. Too deep. I mean, they're one of the biggest companies in the world, they're right? And buying a triple, they can buy a triple A studio a month with their Game Pass money. Like that's bonkers. Like that's that's not a reasonable number of money to come in from subscriptions. But yeah, well, and, fucking and, deal. You know, if if they add COD to that subscription service, that's gonna skyrocket. What's gonna do subs? Yeah, like that's so like, the whole thing about like, yeah. So it's interesting because there's there's some there's some very good commentary back and forth going on in chat. But one of the things that's kind of I've noticed said in a bunch of different ways is, you know, the when we have the console wars and things like that, we have generation jumping where we constantly have to buy new hardware. We have exclusives. We have all these things that are kind of anti-consumer. But getting everything right. under an umbrella, you know, all of a sudden we have things like Game Pass. We have them, you know, making it so their cheapest systems can run their best products. Right. We're getting day one releases on on relatively cheap things. Right. So from a consumer perspective, one would almost want to see this kind of thing happen. But right. I think a big takeaway is that it's never always going to be like this. Like, how, how does how does that kind of factor into it? it? Uh, th think of it like Netflix, right? Like, at first, it was amazing. 
And then over time, it got worse because, you know, the deal was not as good anymore. And then the creators didn't have to push as hard anymore. And then, you know, over time, things got worse and worse. And then it started splitting up again. It broke down into multiple things because all these other interests started <laughs> seeing opportunities to, to jump in. So Disney wanted to do their own thing and HBO wanted to do their own thing. And, and here's the thing that worked in movies because in movies, stuff was entrenched. These companies were already very, very different, right? Unionization back in the days so and sort of like the splitting of these companies into big verticals that all had their own thing allowed that to happen. In games, if this goes down, there is no such thing. We don't have these existing verticals that will take over those jobs. So if Microsoft does this, when Game Pass stop having to compete, the prices will go up. Okay. Because why not? Why not? They're, the prices well, that, are that's now the nice. MO, right? For any subscription in. service, you up the price after X amount of time. The, the amount of games that come out will change. There will be less need to compete for the studios. Why would they create the best the best thing possible? Why would they push? Why would they? Why would they do that if they know that the game is going to come out and it's just going to make money? Where are you going to go otherwise? Mm. Just play the fucking game, <laughs> right? And. And yeah, like it. No. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. And like, we'll try. But doesn't, but doesn't that mean like when, when Netflix was the changes. only game, when Netflix was like basically the only game in town, uh, doesn't, doesn't that mean that other like competition is coming? Like, is it because the, Netflix couldn't buy them out before, like buy out the competition and, and Microsoft can? Yeah. So here's the thing. The difference was so, yeah. that, yeah, Netflix worked in this okay. industry where, there were these existing companies that on their own were all extremely valuable and capable companies with lots of history, with lots of ability, uh, uh, with lots of IP, with lots of, of stuff. We don't have that. We have Microsoft, Nintendo, uh, PlayStation, Sony, uh, maybe Valve, if you want to count them, because it's, you know, now that they're kind of moving into that ha- hardware platform market, maybe Valve, and potentially Epic. You could argue Meta, with the with the quest but that's its own vertical and they've got apple and android and that's its own vertical and then you've got the ouya which obviously amazing um but <laughs> number one but between just the best right um but th- that's it so if microsoft and playstation are really the only two fighting then if one of them goes then there, there's no vertical left there's nothing there's nothing else you can't challenge that it's L- too big yeah Nobody can fight that because to fight that, you would need to... And you're seeing this actually with... The, remember the Epic Game Store when it launched? People were saying, like, okay, but if you're going to launch a competitor, at least be at parity with Steam. You know how hard it is to be at parity with Steam? You know how much fucking a, money you need got a couple to be billion. at parity with Steam? You know <laughs> talk, how much time Talk to you CDPR need? about GOG. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You need to be... Parity is not a... You can't start a competition. <laughs> And then expect the competition to be there. So competition will not do well unless you have Fortnite money coming in. And even then, you're not going to beat Steam. Imagine Steam. If Steam had a subscription where you pay $9.95 per month and you get access to 90% of the biggest games and Steam owns those developers. You think Epic would have started the competition? No, they wouldn't. But that's literally what we're looking at. Even now, I mean, Epic has been operating at a loss. It has pumped millions and millions and millions of dollars into exclusives. It used to have a literal elite of creators. And now you're seeing all of that kind of 
Yeah. Like I think they're starting to realize that they're just like you're saying, they're not going to get that headway they were hoping to get. It's not going to just all of a sudden happen on, on the industry side of things. Mm. Like I can tell you game pass deals, like on average are going down, Like the amount of money they're giving for those deals is getting lower. Just don't have to work. Right. Who else is going to give you money? <clears throat> but like, it, for, for the people that want to be on it, right. You still want to be on it regardless. Cause it's, it, why not success. it's money it's yeah. it's yeah. well most importantly it's guaranteed success yeah yeah exactly that's exactly. the big thing it's guaranteed success in an industry that is known for unknowns right. so it, it's the, it's it's a it's a beast that you can't discount in that situation yeah so that that stuff is just like it's a lot and i'm not like obviously i'm i don't know where this is gonna go but you know, I look at Spotify, I look at Netflix, I look at those things. I'm terrified. Like, I don't, I don't want that for games. Like, I, I it, do not want this to be Spotify or Netflix. It almost seems kind of like Embracer Group is is an umbrella for studios um, and has all those studios under it. It's sounding more and more like there needs to be compartmentalized groups of indie developers that band together and say, like, yeah, we'll all go on Game Pass if we all get good deals. Like there, it yeah. seems like there's a missing layer of representation between the only game in town and the people that are basically like complete slaves to their whim in terms of like, how much do you think we're worth? Oh, we can't argue anymore. Well, guess that's either guaranteed success here or complete potential failure over here. Like it's, it's, yeah. it seems like something's we, missing there. We, we tried that back in the days with the Indie Mega Booth, right? When we were creating the Indie Mega Booth that packs like, we tried that band together, stand stronger together. Like, but the, the reality is like these companies are really good at making sure that you argue with one, like, you know, they, they negotiate with one based on the merits of that game, based on the merits of that. And they'll make it so that there's no, there's no good way of sort of unionizing or, or creating these, these structures because it's not in their benefit. Like, they're like some of these companies you don't make the offer they make the offer and you say yes or no yeah right yeah. for these kind of deals like that, it that's it, it. You, yeah you can negotiate but it's take it or leave it yeah so uh, if there's nowhere else to go there's literally nowhere else to go yeah what yeah. are you gonna do what are you gonna if do? you leave it yeah. exactly exactly so, it, it's that, it, that just, kind of it stuff, reminds like, me of like like uh uh shit that's like it's just from my like own personal experience like hey you want to do a sponsor for this? How about now? Like, <laughs> oh man! I mean, I have to, right? I have to. Don't I have to do this? I mean, look at this. Yeah, that's also called the. Well, it's uh... interesting because there's there's a reverse of that. It's like, right. hey, you know, here's this big game that you're probably going to play anyway. We'll give you this much, and you're like, well, that's that's way under my limit. What else are you going to do? Yeah. You're gonna like, play you it know, anyways. This is, yeah, you're gonna like. What else are you gonna do? You know, and then all of a sudden, yeah. like, that gets around in the industry, and the whole thing gets brought down. It's just like, well, you know, it's it's that whole where there's there's no there's absolutely no competition in a situation like that. Right. And people in chat earlier were saying, like, was I talking about unions? I wasn't really talking about unions because that's not quite the same. You can't you don't really get together like a small group. It's more of of co- <laughs> I was about to say collective representation, but it's like isn't that a union? <laughs> yeah, it's like, but I, I think you see what I'm saying here. More more like an agency system. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. you know, it, it's not necessarily like a a legal like for your rights thing. It's more of a of a way to for someone else to make sure that people aren't getting completely right. dicked 
but then also benefiting themselves by doing it. You know, there's all sorts of stuff there. But um, yeah, like right. like be no. basically an agent for companies, right? And, yeah. and and that's sort of one of the things we've done. Like you know, I, I'm, I'm not like I'm a like union. A, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like you know, Sony, I, yeah. it's kind of like union. Okay, okay, fine. It's kind of it's kind of industry union. But the the um um, you know, I'm I'm like, I'm, I don't want to say old school indie, but I'm like from the 2008 like era. The right? first like wave, sort of the second first, wave of indie. Or second yeah, wave. after John Blow that's and true. like Tommy Refinies and then. But they were they tended to be trip ways that then went indie, and then our wave of indie was like a bunch of kids with no clue what the fuck they were doing, deciding to make games, right? So you could either call it the first wave of indie or the second wave of indie, like you you could even call it later. But like in my wave of indie, we were anti publisher. That was like the whole point of being indie was like it was counterculture, right? We were like fuck these big games and specifically fuck all these like narrative movie games. Like everybody wanted to be Indiana Jones. Like Uncharted had just come out. Uh, all the games were going like big narrative, and we're just like, just make some fucking games. Like, come on, people. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? And like, we were full of shit. Like, we get that. We get that now, right? But back then, nobody was making that. So that's why we um, that's why we made what we made. And the um, there were no publishers. You know how like how indie marketing looked back then? There was a dude who gave a talk that was basically just like, yeah, so you know how I do marketing? I was like, how do you do it? He's like, I wear a pink suit. I'm like, what? He's like, I, I wear a pink suit. Because people will ask me, what's the pink suit? And then I can go, like, I use it to market my game. You want to check out my game? That was that was brilliant marketing back in the day. Sure. Still that is. was it. <laughs> there was no there was no competition. Nobody had budgets for marketing. There were no like big events. It was just like, here was a dude wearing a pink suit. Nobody wore a pink suit. So people would ask, what's up with the pink suit? That, that was, that was brilliant indie marketing. And then I remember when Devolver came to us for their first like three indie games, we were one of their first three, right? Like they, they had never done an indie game before. They were doing Serious Sam uh, 3. They were asking for three indie games to do spin-offs. And we did one. And Devolve realized that this was a really good strategy, right? So uh, they started growing. And really quickly, it became very clear that the only reasons publishers exist in games is because publishers exist in games. Because if there was no Devolver, I didn't need a Devolver. I wouldn't need a publisher if there was not another publisher. The publishers give you money, they give you marketing, they give you services, they give you localization, they give you QA. And the only reason indies need publishers is because we are not competing with other studios, we're competing with other publishers. Because if you're making your game yourself and you're publishing your game yourself, the competition is on the publishing part, not on the development part, right? So um, that's what's continued to build. Now the publishers are owned by agencies and now the agencies are owned by platforms. And this, this beauty of this sort of like independent, like everybody's making stuff, everybody's competing, you know, if you want to make an indie game right now, here's what you're going to do, right? A, you make it for Twitch, you make it for you guys, right? That's option A. You build it for you guys. That means you're probably building a multiplayer game, a roguelike, or something strategic that you can play over and over again, or for specific streamers, uh, large-scale RPGs with lots of options because it allows you guys shit to talk about. Yeah. Right? Which is great. You just put 5,000 tech tree items in there and then allow you guys to figure out what's good. Some of those developers don't even know what is good. We just put shit in there and then you guys figure it out. And then you argue about it. And then when it turns out something is OP, you'll have a nice thing to talk about and we'll fix it in post. 
right? Like that's that's fine. You develop it that way. Option B is you develop it for a platform. If you develop it for a platform, you're going to look at, okay, what does Microsoft want? What does Valve want? What does PlayStation want? And you build it in that direction. You get a game like Grounded from Obsidian. They were like, Microsoft was like, hey, we just bought your studio. We want a good game that we can put on our Game Pass, something that's easy and, you know, small group. And all of a sudden, boom, Grounded's born. And they make it great. Yeah. So you get that. And the problem with that is that it means that there's a very small group of people who actually decide whether it gets made. And that small group of people right now, the Game Pass team is phenomenal. Good people on that team. The idea of the Xbox team is amazing. Good people on that team. But we saw that with PlayStation. They had the best team in games I've ever seen, better than the current Game Pass team, better than the current idea at Xbox team. That team was amazing. That team was incredible. They which, found which indie games that... This is PlayStation 4, like middle PlayStation 4 indie time. Right? Okay. Everything PlayStation 4 put out indie was just a fucking banger. Like, it was good stuff. It sold just like nobody's business. Amazing indie stuff happened at that point. Right? That team is now entirely at Epic. Pretty much all of them are at Epic, or they're they're doing their own thing, right? Because that that's that's business. They, PlayStation yeah. just gave up on indie because it was going too well. If that happens <laughs> at Game Pass, then the team of people that's going to select what games are going to come out might just be a bunch of suits that just don't give a shit. They're just looking at money. Just going to look at the numbers and yeah. be like, okay, cool, like fair, like uh, this made money. Let's do that again. You know how you get bad games. Get a bunch of people who don't care about fucking video games to make decisions about what video games should be made. Hey, then you get Bethesda. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or you just get the mobile game I market. Did not, I did not say that. I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, mean, I, 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 I say I say There's that a lot of things in, you could say. I say that in jest. But yeah. at the same time, like I, I think Bethesda is a good example of a company that is that is relatively – it has both it has both parts. You've got the people at Bethesda that still passionately care about their games and passionately want to make things and, and want things to be awesome. And then you have the people that work at Bethesda because they want to make money and yeah, they want to make a lot of yeah. money off people that play games. And, and then you get products like 76, which, you know, there's glimpses of greatness in there. And then there's glimpses of just so, boring, regular that, mechanics and cash shops and subscription service. And it's just like kind of true of any big, yeah. you know, company like Bethesda sized, really. I think it, there's a lot of ways. It happens to different people. levels. It yeah. happens to different levels. But but in, in some way, the bigger you get, the more people you attract that don't care about what you do, they care about making money and making those numbers on their spreadsheets more and, and right. could not care less about the product that the company makes. And that's yeah. that's indicative of every company in every industry, unfortunately. That's, that's... It's just it becomes a little bit more apparent in games in a lot of ways yeah. because the product is so consumer facing and, yeah. and we can see all of this stuff right in front of us. And, anyway, and gamers are really g- gamers are really good at feeling this stuff, right? Like th- that's one thing you learn in playtesting. Never listen to, to what, never listen to what gamers give you as solutions for your problems, but always listen to the problems they give you, because they're never wrong about what they feel, right? Like sure. people tell yeah. us, like, oh, you got to fix this. Fuck them. <laughs> like with all due respect, fuck them. But they say, I feel this is not good. That's a fucking problem. Yeah. Right. That is literally how we get taught to deal with shit, and that's important. Because if the people playing the game were better game designers, they would be the game designers, right? We train for this. We practice for this. But the gamers are never wrong about how they feel about something. And if they feel something is shit, it's shit. End of story. You fix it. You fix it. You figure out how to fix it, but you fix it. Yeah. Right? And that's what the business people don't get. They go, hey, everybody's saying this is bad. Go fix that exactly the way they're saying it. 
You get boring games. You, you want to find, find, find out how shit that would be? Get a fighting game. And just never update it. Rami, tell me, tell me something. <laughs> As a game designer, how do you, and this is a little bit off topic, but just since we're on this, I'm, sure. I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this. How do you balance between my vision, and this is how I want it, and mm -hmm. the player vision and what they're asking for? Like, have you ever gotten so, to a point where the players are screaming for something and you're like, no, I like it like this. This is how I right. want it. Right. Yeah, of course. Like, it's happened to me with Nuclear Throne specifically. We developed that live on stream, right? So people were watching us make decisions going like, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, I, we don't want that. And it's like, no, no, listen. When this you're thinking of game design, <laughs> when, when you're thinking of game design, you're thinking about all these loops, right? Like the way different things like click into each other. And you're thinking about like cost and benefit. You're thinking about motivation. You're thinking about time spent. And one thing we learned really quickly is that gamers love a lot of gamers love min-maxing. They just love figuring out how to, like, as rapidly as possible go through stuff and get the highest numbers the fastest. But here's the thing. If we give that to you, you lose the satisfaction of achieving it. Right? If that was... if that Because I can make your favorite game... I can probably make a mod that just gives you a button to click and you have everything. I could do that. Like that, that's fairly straightforward, but you would hate it because the friction that we put into the game is part of the game. And the parts that are frustrating to you, we get taught, don't worry about frustration. Worry about frustration getting people to stop playing. If you're frustrated about something, but you keep playing and you get the thing and you're happy now, fucking great. A plus game design. You have something that you are having a hard time with but you are dedicated to continue because you believe that the reward will be worth it. Done. Beautiful. I'm, I'm trying not to smile because you're describing every game I play. <laughs> right. So that, that is awesome. It. <laughs> it's right. really pissing it. me off, Rami. <laughs> the grind, the frustration, unbalance, balance, your character being too strong. Like we, we always get taught like, um, the perfect balance for any game with multiple characters is when everybody complains about every character about equally. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. about it. Yeah, absolutely. If, well, that's, if nobody's that's, complaining, you made boring characters. Yeah. That's, well, that's the exactly old right. that's the old good compromise thing. A good compromise between two people is when both of them leave unsatisfied. And yeah. <laughs> it's it's really it's really interesting, uh, Rami, because I'm gonna steal that because I get asked all the time in my RPGs, why are you save scumming? Why don't you just lower the difficulty? And it's, it's yeah. exactly what you just said. I like the journey. I like the friction. I like failing yeah. over and over and then getting it to work. That's yeah. an awesome. Thank you. I'm going to take that. I have a quick follow-up to what we we're just talking about. And it's a, it's a two word thing. And it's related to kind of what we were saying. How do you deal with a vocal minority? Right. How do you deal when it's just a very small amount of your player base, but they're being incredibly loud about something <laughs> that needs to change? So that is by far one of the most complicated issues we have in games. Because in general, even when it feels like a majority, it is usually a minority, right? Like, I'm a Destiny player too much. Yeah, so you're used to probably. it. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, the, yeah. the, 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 um, the idea of the vocal minority, most majorities are vocal minorities. When you're looking at the scale of what people are, uh, how many people are playing a game, the majority of them aren't on Twitter, on Reddit, on on like they're playing the game. That's it. That's what they do. They're they're not talking about it. Like yeah, there's a part of it, but the majority is just playing, right? right. And most games, 
we get our analytics, we get our we get our data, we we get to see uh, feedback, we get to see crash statistics, we get to see what people are picking, how they are picking it, when they are picking it, uh, whether they keep playing, playing, whether they stop. A lot of games, and especially these live service games, have amazing amounts of analytics, and they can drill down to like very specific playstyles and figure out those those playstyles, right? So when you have vocal minorities, or basically literally any situation on which the internet loses its shit against a video game, what you want to do is you want to figure out, is there a way to fit some of that feedback into something that isn't destructive to our game and that goes along with some of the decisions we were already making? And very frequently what that looks like is, depending on the cycle of the game, two or three cycles down, there will be sort of a... um, a move in that direction, right? Where uh, they'll basically go like, okay, we've listed feedback and like this has been in development for a while, but we're doing this, this, and this to sort of come come towards those issues. And then they basically see whether it actually improves user satisfaction because sometimes giving people what they want makes the game worse. Like uh, Destiny, added crafting. Yeah. It was like a big thing. People felt that they were too dependent on, on uh, randomness for God rolls. Now they can craft some of their weapons exactly the way they want. And now they're having an issue that they're not having enough endgame content to farm for. Because as soon as you have the gun that you want in the configuration that you want. You're done. Why do you play? Or, now, then you have no more friction. Yep. That's 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 the end goal. Yeah. Right. I had so that exact thing happen in Destiny. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I was also saying, like, we should craft guns. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> because you, 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 it's really easy to imagine how these systems. This, this is the problem that I've learned. Um, it's really easy to imagine things and have them be good. That's super simple. If I tell you there's a game in which you play uh, a character that's going to fight a dragon in a floating castle, so you can imagine that and have it be badass, right? And the problem is, I didn't even like. What do you imagine the character to be like? This is, most of you will have a knight because it's a dragon, but it could be a space jetpack guy, or like it could be the guy from Sekiro, or it could be it's Mario, or it could be it could be a cat. Um, as soon as you start making stuff, a lot of things that sound good are fucking bad. Like holy shit, a lot of ideas are just fucking bad, and you prototype them, and you're like, "How the fuck is this as bad as like I cannot believe I had this idea." Okay, listen. We had this idea of a hookshot. It was a 2D game. You had a hookshot, like a, a, a grappling hook. And at the end of the grappling hook was a gun. So you could grapple, and then you could just use the gun to clear out enemies. And then grapple in after it, and then just burst into the room, and then like double, double like Uzi everything that was left. Right. So we'd use the, the, the little hookshot gun to just like blow up some some critical stuff or to like damage some first enemies and they would go in and have the fight. It sounded pretty great to us. Until we realized that every fucking player just puts the hook shot on the corner and just shoots the slow ass gun for 25 minutes until everything in the next room is out dead. Yep. And then yeah. they go in. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, well, yeah, that actually that makes a lot of fucking sense. We worked on that for like three days. We gave it to somebody and we're like, nope. Nope. Uh- ain't it. Just just not it. And it's so easy to have these, especially with these big games, it's so easy to think like, oh, but what if we just do that? And literally, I, I teach producers and I teach creative directors in, in games. If anybody uses the word just in anything at all, 
No. No, absolutely not. The, if, if you say the word just, I want you to come back to me with a five-page report on why that thing is fucking going to work, <laughs> and then we'll talk. <laughs> just make it good. Yeah. Just make it good. Just, <laughs> that's it. Just, just you know, just... Just add better rewards. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. For all you jokers saying just in chat right now, you owe Rami a five-page report. That's true. So, <laughs> yes. So go get, go get started. I did on his desk on Monday. Yeah. That's tomorrow. Cap and Rami wants uh, you know. That, that that's yeah. it's like uh, if someone says something to you, everything after the but is going to be bullshit. So that going going back, that's that's really interesting. So that basically means that that a lot of times. When, when receiving feedback from a vocal minority in your, in your game community, it's, it's almost just as much actual game design response as it is PR response. Like dealing with, like making sure that expectations are managed properly and that, and that all of that is, is in alignment, basically. Right. And then basically finding the background solutions to the problem people are having. So again, we're not going to listen to what they want. We're going to listen to what the problem is. That they're talking about if if you get the feedback that a boss is too hard right this boss is too hard that can mean many things but one of the worst solutions is probably to make the boss easier because why is that boss too hard is it in the wrong place in the game do you not get health packs are your weapons not good is there a selection or a build that is fairly common that makes it hard to beat that boss right what are the actual structural underlying problems that people are having issues with. And are those problems actually things you want to solve or should solve? And if not, how do you mitigate for that issue? So um, that feedback kicks off a design discussion about, okay, so what are they actually saying? The response, however, is 95% just PR. It has to be. Like, we can't respond that fast. Like, we don't, we don't, we can't just go like, oh yeah, that's fucking great feedback. Yeah, let me just... <laughs> Let me just update. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, it's good. Like, it's going to take three to six months at the minimum for most games to deal with the feedback people give us. Right? Like, right. it's just big games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for big games. But even for indie games, like, they have smaller capacities of teams, right? So, like, even for, for Nuclear Throne, a lot of times we would get feedback. It would take us, what, four to six weeks to implement it? We're like a five person team. Like, well, but also, yeah. I, I would imagine that it would have to be, you know, it would have to take time to gather the voices because, like, no one, no one's going to listen to one voice, but a hundred voices yeah. gets a little bit louder, you know. But it also takes yeah. time for for those voices to accumulate. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, now, I, I had actually, I had a question a while ago, and I wanted to ask you, Rami, uh, just just a fun question, percentage wise. If you can give me a percentage, um, how many gamers? actually know actually know what they want <laughs> how many gamers so like ask for shit but they don't know actually what they really want so so that's the thing right like i think gamers know what they want they just don't know how to get them okay i think that's the distinction i think gamers know what they want People okay, know what they, okay. want. They, they, they want to they, basically y'all make a contract with us for us to lie to you that's the deal our our lie is the game Right, and you're gonna pretend you are this cool hero person that's gonna save fucking Shinra or whatever. Like you're you're gonna fuck up Shinra and like save save the universe, and all of it is bullshit. We've had this conversation before, right? It's just yeah. polygons yeah, yeah. and numbers. So yeah. what you know is what lie you want. It's like romantic comedies. You ever watch a rom com? 
That's a fucking contract. You sign the contract. The contract when you watch a rom-com is you're going to watch two people. They have a relationship. Shit goes to hell. There's a scene in the rain, and then they get back together. Always the That's rain. That's the deal. Yeah. There has to be the rain, right? In the contract. If, the that, if that rom-com ends with the main character gets hit by a car seven times. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, then, it, then it wins an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> you would be like, what the? No, there's literally that. There's that one romantic movie that ends with like the the main character dying at like nine eleven, and I'm like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. I know exactly. I can't remember the name, but I know exactly what you're talking right. about. Right? Yeah, that was me, Joe Black. Yeah, but that, but that's the thing, right? Yes. Like there is a there's a contract of what you expect, and gamers sign a contract with us. They sign a contract that there's a certain experience that they're looking to have, and whether that experience is feeling like a hero or building your favorite farm or whatever it is, um, you we we keep to that contract, right? And gamers are never wrong about that part. They're never wrong about that part. But how they get it? No, they didn't. People don't know. Like there are there's a small percentage of gamers that actually genuinely understands game design. They go into the spreadsheets. They output the numbers. They like they write that. They write those fucking Reddit posts where you're just reading them. And as a game designer, you're like, "Holy fuck, this person went hard." <laughs> <laughs> Emotional <laughs> now, damage. Now wait, that, do you, does that <laughs> right. help or hinder you when when those are fucking fascinating? I love awesome. those. Yeah. I, I fucking love those. Like watching somebody figure out the numbers and like go into like the the modifiers and the like the point ones and the point zero zero fives and going like well this means that they were probably aiming for that and like i feel like they're aiming like this change so i think they're aiming at that that's how you get like, that's fucking game design yeah that is game design that is literally what we do we don't sit there being like oh wouldn't it be great to add a fucking dragon we're like <laughs> if we increase this by point zero zero one is that gonna break the balance of pvp it's like do we know no. If we touch this, what else? Could, like, that's it. We don't sit there having, like, cool game ideas. We're like, fuck. If this gun shoots 2% faster because we're going to upgrade this weapon class to be that, I think that might break that one boss fight that we made in 2014. Like, that's the shit that game design is, right? Yeah, yeah. So, that, that for, for watching somebody do game design is fucking fascinating. I love that. Like you also get like artist breakdowns who like pull an asset from the game and go like, "Look at this, fucking love it." Dude, you just reminded me of a game I recently played. It's an indie title called Bots Are Stupid, and it is a programmer game. Like you program like, uh, jump here, and you put in times like point zero one seconds. Wait or wait point zero one seconds. Throw hook. Wait. Detach hook. Like all the all the like shit is in there, and you get points for uh, how little code you need to get the goal, and all this kind of stuff. And it it painstakingly showed me the difference between point zero zero one seconds and point zero zero two seconds. Like seriously, it is a matter of having a nice full arc swing or hitting the corner and just going. Boom. Yep, like, it was crazy. Yeah, there's a really good programmer joke that it's like, uh, can can you go to the supermarket and bring me a loaf of bread? It's like, yeah, of course. And it's like, and if they have milk, bring four. And the guy comes back with four loaves of bread. And the guy asks why, and they're like, well, because they had milk. Yeah, that's you programming. Su- you succeeded. Like yeah. com- you, you completed the I condition. On, I saw that on that uh, you told TikTok me, yeah. like two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> that that joke exists in a million variations everywhere. But that like that that's it. Like. 
so much of game development, so much of, of it's just like dumb logic stuff, spreadsheets, numbers, and like that, that, is, that is our job. Like our job is not the, people always glamorize it, but like our job is like a lot of spreadsheets. Yeah. Um, let me, but let me ask you this then. You, you brought up Destiny. You said three to six I'd months for changes. Destiny. I've just, just never, Why the never fuck did it take 10 years, Rami, before they put in loadouts? Before they put. <laughs> what what you happened there, Rami? My, my guess, my guess, right? And this is something I learned when I was doing Nuclear Throne. My guess is that if you can offload the responsibility to somebody else, with them, and they yeah. do a good job. Yeah, then you don't have to do the customer support. That is true. It's so much nicer. It's it's great. Like with Nuclear Throne, somebody else did the online multiplayer. They made a mod that was online multiplayer. People kept asking us, "Put it in the game. Put it in the game." We're like, "Fuck no." Yeah, man, the amount of customer support I need to do if that was in the game. No, just download the fucking mod. Like, sheesh. Like, That's the Elden Ring co-op experience right there. Yeah, if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it's not. We didn't make it. Yeah. Um. But like we just didn't have the capacity. We uh, if I was doing customer support for online nuclear throne, I, I would still be answering emails now, and it's been like a few years. So sure, um, it that's kind of the, like I I think Bungie is for better or for worse, they're very good at figuring out what they can experiment with and how to do it. And if you look back the past four years, every expansion they've done has touched another major system of the game and brought it up to level. And now they're doing endgame, right? They're doing endgame, which is your loadouts, your visuals, your cosmetics, yeah. your uh, power light level. They're, pl- they're playing with power level. They're playing with difficulty. They're playing with, like, how do we create aspirational content? And, like, previous time it was the subclasses. Not enough expression in your subclasses. So, the, you know, every time they're just touching these major systems, but they're doing it one by one by one by one to make sure that when they change something, they don't break everything else. And sometimes they do still break everything hey, else. But every week, I think, is about when they break everything you know, else. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but honestly, fucking, fucking amazing that a studio would do that sort of stuff because, like, honestly, most studios would have just taken five years to do one of these things, like mm. very slowly roll it out. And Dusty's like. Listen, y'all, my break shit. If it does, we'll give you an emblem. <laughs> we'll give you something. And then, yeah, with the break shit, they give us an emblem. And then, like, <laughs> fuck yeah, they fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. Are, you, uh, yeah. are you generally excited for all the stuff with the armor changes and removing of I'm elemental so bullshit and all of that things? All yep. of those things? Yep. I'm so on board for it. Like, it, 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 like they, they're bringing Destiny back to where I. I just love that they're bringing it back to where they intentionally understand that it will be broken. Hmm. Like that new system, there's no fucking way that's not going to break in like the most ridiculous fucking Someone's way. Someone's going to find like a way the, to break it immediately. Yeah. Oh my God. Like the whole thing with like loadouts and switching and like the new version of the way the new mods work and like they're now weapon type bases. Like a, this is like exploit central. Like this is just <laughs> yeah. like we are like for like three weeks straight, the game is just going to break on a daily basis and they're just like yeah sounds like it'll be fun so even even they'll play the campaign they'll we'll fix everything else after we'll we'll figure it out we'll figure it out it'll be broken yeah uh but yeah that's the other thing people always go like how can qa not have caught this because if you have a team of 100 qa people working 40 hours a week 
Yeah, it's that is less than hours. having like that. That's less than your day one. Like it's just they're just people, you know. They're trying, and then even if they find shit, like often we can't fix it before launch. Shit. Yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, an exercise to do with people is is uh, I teach them triage, where basically. Um, did you know the game? Wait a minute! You know triage as well as pilot, as well as a game developer. Who are you? It's too powerful. So here's the thing: the games Trophy. industry is fucking. We're, we're fucking dramatic. We're fucking. <laughs> you don't dramatic. say. We're a bunch really? of fucking divas. We're a bunch of divas. Wow. Here's the thing: the word for triage comes from military, where it is to choose between like a number of injured people and figuring out who you can save best. That's triage. So we also use that word for figuring out what feature to save because we're a bunch of hyperdramatic divas, right? <laughs> so when we're trying to figure out what feature to fix or what bug to fix, we call it triage. And I, I teach when, when I have a, a team of young producers, I teach them, okay, imagine you have a game, two, two bugs, one week to solve them. Both, both bugs cost one week to solve, right? Um, you're launching in a week, right? No way out. Bug one. Every person who plays it gets bug in the tutorial that crashes the game, restarts it, and loads it back into the start of the tutorial. From that point on, it will work. There will be no further issues, and the game will function. Option two. Uh, option one happens on every computer, every person who plays it. Option two. One in a million people will have a chance of getting their hard drive formatted. Okay, one in a million. You're expecting about fifteen thousand sales on launch. What do you fix? Choice one. I go second. First one. I'm. I'm I go choice two. Well, considering always... the considering the law of 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 mathematics, that would also mean that every single person that buys your game, their hard drive <coughs> be erased. So I guess that's to consider. A hard drive is impossible to recover, but, but people can restart a tutorial once. That's fine. But you're not. <laughs> I guess it depends on not... how. Now, Rami, how, how many times how, like they boot up the game? I'm guessing so it how itself every time they boot like up the game. Like our players, that happening? <laughs> Are they all jerks? So here's the thing: there, there is no real right answer, right? You, <laughs> you Damn can, it! You it was one of those questions. Way. I wanted the you points. You can argue either way, and you look in chat; they're arguing either way. Nobody's agreeing on this, yeah. right? Because you can make a very good argument. You can kind of look at the responses you, and judge where they should be in game development. Like that person should be in PR because first impressions are too important. Right, That's correct. Right. That person should right. be in QA because they want to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But here's and the then thing. someone like me is like, do you want to inconvenience a bunch of people or <coughs> utterly break the fucking heart of a few? <laughs> yeah. I'd rather inconvenience zero. a bunch of people than break the heart of a few. Where I like this break is... their hearts. <laughs> so and the rest of you thing. can enjoy the game. There you go. So here's the thing. These things, right, are discussions we have continuously when we're talking about feedback, we're talking about issues, and they're not like as dramatic as this example. Like, you know, erasing somebody's hard drive is like not not good. Like that's bad. <laughs> but also turns out it's not um, good. But but okay, also hold on. On the Every good? single person. Not, no, it's over here. It's like it's, on the yeah, not it's kind of that direction. <laughs> but um, having every person crash is also not good because crashes can also cause a lot of issues for a hard drive or for a game or for anything. 
but also it's the first impression, like a lot of people are saying. Exactly. If a game crashes on yep. your first impression, you're going to tank your reviews and how you might not people, have money. How many people are going to crash and never play it again? Right. Like, and, and the chance of one in a million with only 15,000 sales projected is fairly small. So the chance that you're actually going to format any hard drive is zero, but one in a million means that it's also mathematically unlikely but possible that you format 150 hard drives. Because that's how chances work, right? So there's no actual correct answer. And this is continuously when we're looking at stuff, we are like trying to balance all of these different things and trying to be like, well, okay, who's going to be angry at this? How many are going to be angry at this? How angry are they going to be when they get angry at this? How, what is the chance of this becoming a press story? What is the story the chance of this becoming a Reddit story? What are the chances of this becoming a... Yeah. We don't... We just have to guess. That's that's leadership. If you want to know what a creative director does, it's this sort of shit. It's like, we have yeah, three things that are broken. We have time to fix one. Imagine one. that one in a million is the largest site that releases a review of your game before it comes out. <laughs> it's just the IGN computer. <laughs> they erase the company hard drive. Did I? <laughs> and like, no, imagine, imagine like the, the first large review from like IGN is like, yeah, this game yeah. erased our hard drive. <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Did masterpiece. I, uh, we, don't have to, we don't have to go back to work. This no, is we great. don't have to play any work. Yeah, we're good. good. It's, it's, oh, it, it honestly gives me uh nervous anxiety for just people that release games because <laughs> because situations like co just described totally real like it it's happened Dude. before yeah i mean look just looking recently so many protocol they accidentally yeah. didn't release the day one patch to reviewers like literally some dude just screwed up like an intern messed up and all of a sudden the the internet is on fire with like, this game's mm-hmm. terrible. It doesn't run. It stutters. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, oh my lord. It's, it's and, and the devs are like, no, no, no. It's bad for other reasons, but not that one. <laughs> yeah. We had the same thing happen in aviation. Somebody accidentally overrode a thing and took down the entire NODEM system, which is the system that tells That's pilots right. yeah, yeah, they yeah. should look out for a crane or a mountain or shit like that. Yeah. Or like a, a runway being closed. That was like a month ago, so, right? Or, or two weeks ago, or something like that. A few weeks ago, like yeah. just somebody mispressed. They basically deleted a backup thing and it just yeah. took down the, I love the entire, entire united states it's like so the whole system is down and so is the backup right it's right. like well, that was a terrifying that, news thing right. to wake up to it's like yeah every flight in the world is grounded <laughs> just the entire u.s just stopped. yeah they're the u.s that's right. what it was yeah it's, uh, it's same thing right like in games it's not that severe but the gamers will absolutely make it the feel gamers bad. will make it dramatic right. and that the, the, yeah you know yeah, like yeah. it well, Mm-mm. and to be your, fair, your game you know, is down. <coughs> yeah. And, but and, and talking about the hard drive release and the bad review, I mean, a lot of gamers, you know, your your game is their whole world up until that point, right? Like sometimes, like they're really looking forward to their favorite game dev releasing their next big game, and it's like that's you know they're not even playing other games because they're waiting for yours yeah. so much that those aren't fun anymore, and it's like then all of a sudden one of those things happens, and yeah. 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 Real quick before we move on, I've seen a couple people mention this. Rob, you've clearly really dived into a lot of game dev stuff today. Do you have any go-to literature or resources on people that want to like learn more about this stuff? If they want to know more about the business, 
the the best place to look are like the games industry websites and they usually come from more of a an industry background but gamedeveloper.com uh is is a pretty good choice gamesindustry.biz is a good choice and honestly if you like a, if you like the games industry uh, two really good choices uh of of books to look into are Michael Futter did a book about games business that I can really strongly recommend if you care about sort of like the business. It's more focused on independent developers, but a lot of those ideas sort of extrapolate to... Um, can um, you say that name one more time? Potentially spell it? it is, uh, <laughs> it's Michael Futter. It's Futterish okay. on Twitter. He's, he's kind of a... He's, he's a person who wrote a lot about games business. Gotcha. Um, but it is called uh, Game Dev Budgeting Handbook. Okay. Um, and then the other book that I would recommend uh, is A Playful Production Process for Game Designers and Everyone by Richard Lamarchand. Um, a Playful Production Process for Game Designers. <laughs> and Richard Lamarchand is one of my favorite people in games. He, is, uh, he used to work on Uncharted. And uh, after that, he led the uh, USC in LA's experimental gameplay program. Oh, wow. So... He's a very good game designer, but he came from a place where he was also very tied with AAA production processes. So he understands not just how to create interesting stuff, but also how to make sure that it actually gets made. Right. Which is a... From thought to actual um, product, yeah. 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 So cool. uh, if, if you just want like a bunch of random stuff to read, those two are really good places to start. Yeah. Cool. Uh, there's a ton of different news Thank stories you. that we could jump to. Um also, the reason that yeah, well, did you see the, the the Ubisoft stuff? I mean, I could say the Ubisoft right. stuff, and that probably means right. a Which lot of one? stuff. Uh, right. Are you Ubisoft, talking about the riots? Uh, it, it's a part of that. Yeah, it, it had to do with uh, Eve, the CEO, who in a an uh, <clears throat> all hands email said something and then apologized for it, and it's just like an absolute mess. Co mentioned the. Um, the 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 riots that are happening i think that's in france they was that yesterday that they did the three or four hour strike um i, I think that was yesterday if not that's next week um people in french people in france did a strike no yeah way. they're doing like a a, a, a walkout for like <laughs> for three to four hours yeah um the, i the love email, the french for that stuff the the email sent the question uh or sorry sorry that the ceo yves gamont basically told the employees, quote unquote, the ball is now in your court when it came to oh. the success or failure of Ubisoft. Fuck that guy. Yeah, not not his court, but the, the employee's court. Um, so I mean, someone, I don't, I don't someone followed guy. up and sent a question and kind of an, uh, the, the next all hands and said, uh, the ball is now in our court. For years, it has been in your court. So why did you mishandle the ball so badly? So we, the workers, have to fix it for you. He came back and said, I heard your feedback, and I'm sorry this was perceived that way, which is probably not the best way to respond to that. Oh, my God. He I'm getting some, he basically getting some said, Wizard of the Coast vibes here. <laughs> he I'm basically sorry said, if like, your feelings were hurt. I hear what you're saying, and I'm sorry that you took it that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that one, that uh, what? One stings a little bit. Yeah. No, it stings a little uh, bit. He went on to say uh, he wanted to convey the quote talent and energy of the company staff and referred to its production process as a collective journey. Uh, there were several sources that told Kotaku that the apology failed to uh, help their concerns or alleviate their concerns 
about the company's direction and that the meeting was quote light on specifics. This was uh, no, four what days apology? Ago. Yeah, <laughs> there was no apology. Rami, Rami he's yeah. sorry that you felt that way. Oh my fucking god! He's yeah. sorry it was your fault. Well, at least give them the money too. Then <laughs> put, put the money in the ball and then give us the ball. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. No, I mean, like, the, I, I will say, right, like, it is good to be in a games industry that is calling this shit out. Yeah. Because five years ago, we wouldn't. You wouldn't have right? even like, known about it. You wouldn't even heard about it, yeah. This, this shit, this change is, is good. It's good. It's, it's atrocious. But, like, this, this won't fly anymore. Right, like this, this shit will get your company in trouble, and that is good because he did. He really say, "I'm sorry." That was perceived that way. Yeah, that's a direct quote, uh, according to I think it was on Eurogamer.net. So credible. Really does have vibes of the of the Wizard of the Coastline about like no, no, no. You think? Oh that, yeah, did you see you that won. quote, Robbie? No, did you see that one? I have it as I a command of my chat. The direct please, quote please. is. So first off, do you know about all the OGL Wizards of the Coast stuff? Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I've been following. So that. in their like press part. release, uh, to respond to all of it after almost two weeks of being silent, within said post, they said uh, towards the end, they kind of already like mentioned and said everything they needed to say. They could have just stopped fucking talking. They added two extra paragraphs to the end, and at the the end of the first paragraph, they said. You're going to hear people say that they won and we lost, dot, dot, dot. Those people will only be half right. They won and so did we. Actual PR document. Yeah. And again, what they're that was, saying. That was released in response to people yelling at them. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> I understand what they're saying. It doesn't give any leeway to how stupid that statement is (laughs) to begin with even after you understand what they're trying to say is thank you for speaking up because of you speaking up we're also going to flourish keep doing this type like just say thank you for speaking up fuck (laughs) who frames this in terms of win and lose yeah who goes into this like you know what we really need we're you know what we really need? We need to really emphasize yeah. that there was like winning and losing here, and that you know, like we're not and we're not we the won. losers. We're not the losers. We were. We're not the losers. I've got it. I've got it. I like after after thinking about it for just two minutes. How about this? When if if you want to use that kind of terminology, just say when you speak up, we all win. How about that? Well, that's what yeah. does. Yeah. Or, or, better yet, or better or better yet, they could have just said, in this situation, there are no losers. Or like, even there's better a thousand yet. better ways that they could have said, yeah, they could have bad, conveyed yeah. the meaning without better being yet. like, this is what you thought, but you're wrong. <laughs> you yeah, think you won, said, but you didn't. Could have just said fucking nothing. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck oh, is yeah. the point? Yeah. What yeah. the fuck is the point? Like, well, they did for two weeks, and it just got worse and worse and worse because people kept leaking well, things, as which is a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but they just no, couldn't. The, the The water was too much. They were. They were. I mean, here's the thing. I, yeah. I don't like leaks. Like, let's let's be very like. I'm not a fan of leaks. Right. Mm. Like, I'm not. But this leak, this kind of leak, where people are doing bad shit behind the scenes and they're trying to fuck people over on the way there, 
Yeah. No, no, no. That le- leak that shit. Like, <laughs> leak that shit. Yeah. But like an announcement that's going to happen in two days. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. Like, right. Let them have the announcement. Let yeah. us have the fucking announce. Like, come on, we work for it. Right. But uh, for this kind of stuff, for like you know people getting screwed over, no, go for it. How that you also, know? How the fuck do you fuck up that bad with that license? Like what? The- oh, dude. Yeah, I've I've talked about it. To, to death it's we we yeah all last episode we were talking about it it's, as well. and it's, they've it's, they've issued some actual uh two updates this past week they put out like the essentially the new ogl and they have two weeks of um conversation you could submit like your feelings on the ogl um, oh, and so they oh they they, so they can invalidate them in real time yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so they could gas, they could gaslight well, you they, while you're watching they it's completely great. Within said statement they released, they completely like backpedal on everything. But in the actual document that they yeah. released, they didn't really backpedal that much at all. Like, there's still some pretty big things in there that need to change uh, for it to this be actually the kind good of for thing, the community. This is the kind of thing where the, the the reason it took two weeks has nothing to do with them actually fixing shit. It's they needed to realign internally on how much shit they thought they were going to get away with. Right. Right. And talk to, that's what took two weeks (laughs) on everything. Yeah. Yeah. But the, um, the, the honest truth is I don't think they intend to change much. Uh, in the, in the document they released, they're not, here's the thing. The, 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 the is in an impossible situation and I'm not like saying this to, to go come to their aid or anything. They're in an impossible situation because they are literally arguing with an entire community of rules lawyers, like people that play a game where the entire game is basically an argument to try to figure out how to not get fucked over by someone. Well, and not and only they're that, getting fucked over by someone. <laughs> the entire thing, every single bit of all the OGL drama comes down to a single number, a, a one singular number that they want to make as high as possible. And that is the percentage of money that they're taking from people using their material for the most part. It's like, and and just like Rami said, like none of this other stuff matters. The only thing that matters is that that number is as high as possible. And the company still exists by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if those two and that, and that's it. And clearly by their actions, that is their end game. Like it is not making the player base happy. It is making the player base as complacent as possible while keeping that number as high as possible. Yeah, and here's the thing. There, there, there's one thing you learn dealing with outrage like this, right? Is that the outrage only mobilizes so often, right? So you, can, you make this a yeah, thing. Yeah. The backlash comes. You give them a little bit. You give them a little bit. You don't give them everything. You give them a little bit. Now it will be harder to to organize that same outrage again, right? And if it happens again, you give them a little bit. And people get tired and people, you know, they, they say they'll move on and they'll stop, they'll stop arguing. And you just keep doing that. Right. And delaying actually helps with that. Keeping the energy of a movement going is really hard. Totally. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm already if tired. There's of no response. <laughs> I've, I've been very right. lazy with my response to it. Yeah. Right. And, and you can do it once. You can maybe do it twice, but after two or three times, a lot of people are going to like, do it like, you know, they've already made two adjustments. Like, come on, just either do, or just don't play the fucking video game. Don't, uh, sorry, not video game. Don't play the fucking game. Yeah. I uh, don't play any materials based on it. And that's the fucking annoying thing is you can, they're stalling. They're, they're stalling. trying they're to delay stalling. It as, as much as possible. Yeah. Gives you a little bit, stall, 
And then, you know, how long are they going to take taking feedback? Two, two weeks. weeks. Again? They got two weeks. Yeah, yeah, of course, two weeks. Great. Two weeks. Like, how many people are going to keep their energy up through that two weeks? Right. Their biggest problem now is going to be when they release the next thing, it's going to be a flashpoint again. So watch them try and manage that. Watch them try. And they'll probably start, like, posting some ideas from it one by one to sort of, like, spread out the flashpoint. And then if it becomes a problem again, they'll just do another one. Right. I mean, they, they had a actual memo slash email leaked that pretty much said, yeah, let's stall this out. Right. They're going to forget That's about what you do. I, I think, I think I don't want to say it was a direct quote, but it was something along the lines of like, they'll forget about this in a week and move on. So you plan for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So let's, no, but that that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's Lillian. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, with, with, with this kind of stuff, with PR stuff, it's really terrifying how well people understand because Understanding one person is really hard, but understanding a large group of people, actually fairly predictable. Right. It's fairly predictable. Yeah. And that that's fucking terrifying because they, they will get away with it unless people keep the energy up and keeping the energy up is really hard. There are now the, the, the one thing they don't have going for them in that regard is that a lot of the most vocal leaders of like these D and D kind of, of, of opposition managers we'll call them whatever you want to call them the people that are keeping this alive it is their life like the dungeon masters like the professional dungeon masters and they are able to keep all of those people that play with them or watch them like at a pretty high energy level it's it's one thing if there was if it was like a game or a game company where there's thousands of other games and game companies like releases coming up and stuff like this but in this case it's It's like unique this is many of their whole lives like they have poured literally decades of their life into this so I think you're exactly right that it's looking like that's exactly what they're going to do, but they have their work cut out for them if they're going to try to extinguish it's, that fire. But it's literally going to be burning nonstop until the issue is resolved. In absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think the one thing you have to remember is what they're going to be trying is they're going to be trying to make it so that the rules are less bad. But yes. For, yeah. And making them feel like they won. Yeah. Yep. And, and not just that, also making it so that the people at the ground level feel like maybe the people at the top are maybe exaggerating a bit. It's not that bad, you know. You're mm. only losing a bit, like because if they can play them out against each other from from a from a PR perspective, that will be the best the best outcome. You mean make right? everyone like, else like, fight internally? Make, yeah, make, make them fight. That's already make happening. the people using <laughs> the systems it, go against right. the people that would have their cut taken from them. Quite from literally the happened coast. last week yeah. because there was an email that leaked that said uh, certain content creators were sent the document before they published it. And that spread like wildfire through the community because people are like, yeah. Oh, they paid these content creators off to like yep. help or good, good way of doing it. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. The, so it's, it's you know, they're playing the normal, it, it's the normal, it's a normal PR playbook for these kind of situations. Like, you know, like you try and give a little bit stall and then you, uh, you, you push back on, you, you try to create the vision and push back. Yeah. Um, and then you, you've solved. You stall. You just keep stalling. Stalling is probably stalling. the yeah. literally the safest possible. But chat uh, brings up the interesting point. But but co wouldn't this in the case uh, wouldn't in this case with Paizo coming out with their own license agreements really put pressure on Wizards of the Coast and shorten their timeline? The Somewhat. issue is that some people are. It, you could say that, but at the same time, there's people that aren't using Paizo stuff for the reasons of they're never wanting to do it anyway. They're never. So it doesn't swap. matter how yeah. good the license is. So if anything, and this is a weird way to, to kind of look at this, but Paizo doing that could actually be in Wizards of the Coast's favor by distilling yeah. the audience, of by, by splitting the people that could be yeah. vocal about this stuff 
and instead making it so it's easier to go after the people that are actually giving them money. Very true. Um, so it's it's kind of a double-edged sword in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. It, this kind of shit is just, like, honestly, it, frankly, it's bullshit. Like, the, the whole situation shouldn't have happened. But it's, again, what we were talking about before. If you put business people in touch of, At the top, in, yeah. in control of the entire ship, these kind of things happen. And normally in um, healthy businesses, there's somebody with creative vision or idealism or or sort of like an idea of where the journey is going At the top. that sits between the business people and where actual actions get implemented. And that's literally how we structure game studios. It's what Phil Spencer is doing at Microsoft. It's like, this guy actually genuinely cares. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, not not 100% sure on that or, or sort of like personify Phil as like everything good and everything bad at Microsoft. But he's he's literally the shield, right? That That's what he does. He stops um, the suits, yeah. And here's the thing. At Wizards, it sounds like that is just not happening at this point and no hasbro wants money i mean they they are on record stating like we need to monetize D better we're doing a poor yeah. job of monetizing D and again you when you have a, yeah go ahead you can do a lot better than pissing off the entire <laughs> fucking community in one fucking go specifically yeah. the people making the most money yeah but it's right. kind of funny because this goes back to right what we were talking about a little bit earlier where it's like yeah hasbro the people that care about money like that's what they care about they want more money they got people yep. at hasbro that are coming down to wizards of the coast and saying we don't really care what you do but we do care about how much money you make how are we going to make that happen and then all of a sudden we see all this stuff start coming down. that's the issue uh, because that if they familiar if, if, i don't know <laughs> like it sounds like god it sounds like it's 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 really familiar like really close to home what you just said <laughs> and i i can't put my finger on why yeah don't i don't know your prime I, subs yeah it's true <laughs> i i I think the um, the uh, the the biggest thing is I, I don't mind if Hasbro comes in and they go to Wizards of the Coast and they say like, hey, we need to monetize better. No fucking problem with that. That's fair. They're yeah, business, no, that that's right? a, we that's need business, money. To that's run that's the an company. internal memo. That's a company directive. Put but out some more merchandise. <laughs> right, but when you come in and you set a target that needs to structurally reapproach what the product is. That's when you get shit. Yeah. And not only that, not only that, they're taking from their community and they're not providing anything in return. We talked about this a little bit last week. Like what, what if they had approached this with a give take philosophy where it's like, Hey, our new OGL, we're going to be taking more, but we are going to provide you with, we're going to give value to what we are taking from you. Like it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a give take at all. It's just a take, take, take. And of course, it's going to make anyone angry, especially considering, like, uh, I'm sure Rami might have looked into this, but they were talking about taking, like, 700, uh, anyone that makes over 750,000 revenue, they weren't taking a percentage of the gross profit. They were taking a portion of the revenue. So it's like they literally the could take all of the money a company is making yeah. just to line their own well, pocket. The, it's, it's, that it's part insane. was bad. It's actually insane. The other part that was bad is that <clears throat> by creating under any of that content at any point, Wizards could just take your content and do whatever they wanted with it. They could turn it into a TV show and they owe you nothing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's like, crazy. The, that's absolutely the whole thing, insane. Yeah. But I think Code touches on something really, really valuable. And it's a thing that we as designers think about a lot as well. It's way cheaper to give people something that they didn't have than to take something away that they already have. 
Right. So when we add things, we have to make sure that we can actually support it and sustain it because if we have to take it away again, people get pissed off. Right. Rightfully so. But Wizards basically came in with the argument that it's just like, so listen, we've just, you love this shit, but it's just like, we really should have been charging more. So we're just going to do that. We're just, you know, it, we're good. And you're cool with like, that, right? You're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Right. Yeah. No, okay. it's fine. Like, yeah. there's inflation everywhere. We're having some inflation issues. We're just going to inflate our shit. Yeah. Like, it, it, there's just not, there's no, the, the, the strategy rollout of this was so poorly planned. Like, what did they, what, what did they expect? I don't know. Like, that's, what, that's because you know, there's yeah. been the 20 person meeting here. <clears throat> They've right? already had you the know, what is, what's going to happen meeting. Yeah, for sure. And I think what's interesting is I think what you said earlier, Rami, may be exactly what's going on where they did this. For instance, they're, they're, what's their what's the percent they're trying to take? Twenty five or something? Twenty five like from the highest earners, yeah. What if their goal was always ten percent? That the, was yeah, their goal. Yeah. And just like Rami said, that let's let's drop a bomb, piss everyone off, and that way when we get down to the number that's more our speed that we were planning on doing anyway, by that time everything's diffused and the world is turning I, like normal and everyone's yeah. moved on to the next yeah. big dramatic thing. And then they that don't other, have to deal with that other stuff. Like what if they get 12%? It's like, cool. Well, it's a victory for us. We got 2% more 12. than we wanted anyway. Yeah. So it's like, maybe, maybe the, the whole point of this was to piss people off. Maybe that was the intention I'm, of this. Yeah. One of the oldest negotiation tactics is bring something to the table yep. that you can give up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anchor. Well, in Anchor. this case, in this case, it's it, and just like classic car haggling, you know, or, or property haggling, put your bid way under what you thought that you, that what you're willing to pay. And that way your, your meat in the middle was your goal that you were planning on from the beginning anyway. Yeah. I, it, that, that I like, I mean, we do it with games prices. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. 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 It's that we type just, of like, you, know, you want to put a cynical thought. Yeah. I, I hate, but you're, it's totally true. Like that shit happens all the time. And I hate that it happens. And I hate that it's a cynical thought, but it's like, no, that shit happens all the time. It's what well, it's, it's not even cynical. <sighs> it's just, that's a technique. It's a technique. That is a, yeah, that is a yeah. way that this occurs. Yeah, and and it comes down to it, like you were saying, like who would approve what they did? Right. Nobody is going to be just okay with get, like. Did they actually think that so, anyone was going to be all right with that? Of course they didn't, because because they have the brains thing. in their heads. We hope. So yeah. it's like you, you you would be surprised. So so two things: uh, the anchoring thing. We do it with games price all the time, right? If you have a team and they say like nine ninety nine, you tell them price twelve ninety nine discounted to nine ninety nine launch, right? I'm just going to say that. I never buy a game and never see a game on Steam that is not discounted. Yeah. Almost never do I see it unless it's Why a big publisher. We'll talk about Factorio in just a second, yeah. Zeke. <laughs> okay. But, um, but the, um, um, the, um, the other part is, you know what the scariest thing is about corporate boards like this? And I consult on a number of like uh, larger companies, right? As, as somebody who um, uh, works with directors or higher level uh people um the group think in those rooms can be fucking terrifying where you're just listening to a bunch of like business people and creative directors sitting in a room just talking shit and you're just listening because that's why they bring people like me in sometimes for for certain meetings Again, they need an outside perspective. You just need to stand up and start screaming. <laughs> Not even words. I have literally, just I have literally stood. I have literally stood in a room full of of uh, games industry executives, and I've told them like, "Y'all need to stop with this woe is me bullshit." 
<laughs> like, we're the people in charge of this fucking industry, and you're telling me that this shit isn't working, and like, what what can we do? Fucking fix it. You're you're literally the fucking people that are supposed to fix this shit. You're not the people that need to be like, oh. <laughs> no, f- fucking fix it, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I literally, I, I literally have stood in the room, just been like, listen, you, nobody else is going to fix this, like. F- fix it yeah right they were talking about like salaries salaries are getting too high oh god and again that's because y'all refuse to train you refuse to train people you let them burn out when they were junior yeah now you pay now you pay that's your problem so, so, so how Robbie, are we gonna when, fix this when yeah. you told the execs to just fix it did one of them stand up and say yeah. i need a five-page paper on exactly <laughs> what you mean by that mr rami and then you probably provided i actually i actually did, probably did yeah. yeah i actually did get shit from a bunch of my friends who are like rami you're full of shit but you know what you know what nope. they were right they were totally right i'm full of shit but that is like the the, the group think in those room people were just like yeah no these conditions like they're really hard i don't know what to do i'm like what? while wiping their like tears with hundred dollar bills <laughs> well literally that shit and i'm just yeah. sitting in the room i'm like what the fuck and like, like and you that just, is what happened in that room like sure. with hasbro like like there's there's 10 executives sitting around and they're like oh well these guys love us they'll understand if we need to take 25 percent. yeah we're a business they've it's, they've known for years how much we give them for free they'd be happy to give us a little bit more guaranteed guaranteed sentence this will only affect a small part of the user demographic yeah vocal minority 100%, or vocal majority that, was used, yeah 100 percent. somebody went and said like well it's only a very small percentage of the players that and they are people that we are in contact with we can manage, oh that that part was 100 percent sure they don't worry out, we'll just, they reached out we'll to just people. send them some contracts and have them sign it it'll be easy no problem right and that that's where the leak <laughs> happened to begin with was contracts that literally were sent. yeah 100 percent. that's what happened 100%. It, i don't think they i don't think they went in with the intention of anchoring i think they went in with the intention of this is going to work and they're now pivoting to anchor to using the existing number as as their as their anchor like yeah. 100 percent. they're like probably right i cannot emphasize how out of touch some of these people are right like and I, they don't even play the game I, or, or care which or, is fine yeah which, which is I fine sure but like run your fucking business but let the people who understand the product right deal with things that affect the product bring them into the conversation instead of just having yeah. a suit uh, you know can you imagine suits. how differently it would have gone if if that 10 suit group instead of sitting in that meeting deciding how to push it onto people instead invited out their 10 big creators it was a 20 person meeting and it was them going we need to raise our prices by 25 percent. how do we do that right tell us how we do that and it's like that that would have been that would have been a success from a public relations thing it's like look at them trying to work with the people that, that they're working you with, they're telling them the reality. The PR, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Ma- yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have oh, you guys uh, have you guys seen the movie uh, World War Z with Brad Pitt or whatever? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they they there was a group of people in uh, I don't want to say it, but the, the, they were set they were in Israel and and they had like a, a group of ten people, and or the uh, eight people, and there was one ninth guy, the ninth man or whatever they called him, to to whatever came up. The ninth man's job is to, however ridiculous or whatever, it was his job to like search out and say like this, like search the truth out 
and see if that. I think I think boardrooms need that. They need like a night. Well, they man have consultants. To yeah, fucking like disagree well, I, with everything. I think Rami and, was and saying he was why it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but but also like not not just that. We in in leadership training in design training, you get taught the idea of the six thinking hats, which was a, a, a like a philosopher's guy like the Edward de Bono who came up with like this idea of having hats on, and one of the hats is literally just be positive about whatever the fuck anybody says. <laughs> one of the hats is be negative about whatever anybody. If somebody says like, okay, let's try and fuck over the entire community, one of the people in that room would have could have taken the role of like. Yes, awesome. Let's let's do that. Let's see it, how we can make that work. And one person in the room should have gone like, "That's fucking ridiculous." Right. right? And then the discussion that follows that should have been helpful. But what what Zeke was saying, this idea of like, okay, why don't we just bring in a number of people and talk to them? We call it playtesting in video games. It's holy. You test. You'd, but what happened instead is these 10 people or 20 people or whatever they are, they felt they were so aware of what was going to happen and of how the business numbers fall out and how the PR management is going to happen that those 10 people stayed theoretical. They theorized the response of those 10 people and they went for it. They didn't user test it. They didn't, they didn't focus test this. They just said like, well, it's a business decision. This business decision needs to happen. How are people going to respond? Well, you know, it's a very small percentage. We don't think it's a significant part of the population. And a lot of the people that will be affected are people that we have existing relationships with. Right. And then somebody went like, well, what if there is backlash? And they went like, I don't we'll handle it. I think, it too, I think we bad. can control this. We'll make sure that everybody is legally covered. With Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then we'll go from there. It's like... I, lo I love that. I love that idea. Like, I imagine they'll be okay with it. I imagine that too. Do you imagine <laughs> these people that would maybe be dissenting would be, you know, cool with it? I yeah. do. Yes, I do yeah. too. Rami, you mentioned. Let's not ask them though. No, 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 no. Let's not ask them. You mentioned playtesting, Rami. They, in, in the latest response, they straight up said like, yeah, we playtested or we are playtesting one D&D, which is like the next, you know, sixth edition, whatever. So we're going to do that now with the OGL. We're going to play test the OGL. You have two weeks. Tell us what you want to add it to this. <laughs> that's maybe, literally maybe how they, they should have done it. that first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's maybe, how they maybe we should have done that first. I'm just, just throwing it out there. Maybe test before you go live. That's exactly like, right. A, uh, wild idea here. Some other things I want to ask you about right now. <laughs> the biggest conversation, uh, Zeke. We only have 45 I just, minutes. I just, we got to jump from topic I, I know, to topic fast. I know. I just imagine like, 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 all right, go out and see what they said. And then, like, one of the executives goes out and he comes back, like, a week later. And he's, like, all fucking ripped up and disheveled. Yeah. Like, they did not go for it. They did not go for like it. We imagined it was going to be better than that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's got a black eye and a bloody nose and, like, a dagger literally sticking like, out of his yeah, back. Exactly correct. That's how that went. Like, uh, fell on the negative <laughs> side of things. <laughs> Rami, what are your thoughts on the fact? Actually, in reality, stuff? he'd be, like, Oh yeah, they loved it. Let's go. <laughs> While blood is coming out of his nose. I got 12%. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so before I just boldface ask you the question, uh, Factorio announced that uh, I think this coming week they will be raising the price on the game from $30 to $35. And within the tweet said, this is an adjustment to account for the level of inflation since the Steam release in 2016. 
that post on at least this one particular Reddit has over 3,000 comments, which is a lot for that particular Reddit. Uh, it's It's been discussed immensely. What are your thoughts on the Factorio price change, Rami? You know what? Honest. I think it's honest. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, like with, with, with games of this size, there's basically two responses that happen. It's the response to the game, and it's the response to the idea of games increasing in price, right? I think the response to the game itself and the the, inf- the increase of the price, it, it looked fairly positive to me, right? Like the, most, the most people part, are like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, mostly fair. Um, you know, you know the developer needs it, uh, and they and they were honest about it, right? Um, on the flip side, there's always the larger discussion that happens with these kind of things because we in the industry are terrified of increasing prices, like genuinely terrified. Like, yes, there is um, there there is sort of like an overall increase in price of games like indie games especially 3d indie games are like on the 30 to 40 dollar range now well five years ago they would have sat on the 25 dollar range right a 2d indie games went from like the 10 dollar range to like the 1999 kind of range but our budgets went up accordingly right so that it, it kind of happens but the um I think the larger discussion that this is going to trigger, and I think why a lot of people in the industry are watching this, is like, can we get away with a price increase for and just in simply indie, inflation raising, uh, raising? No new content, no patches. It's just a five. Literally, no. Literally, the reason doesn't matter. Yeah, because everybody will have their own reason, and they'll try to justify it their own way. But the, um, I think Factorio is unique in that it's fairly niche. And the people who like those games know that they won't get games like that from most other developers. Mm-hmm. So I think they quick. get away with it just fine. Yeah. Right. Really quick question from somebody not super experienced with this. First of all, Factorio is fully released? Fully released. Has been. Yeah. Do the developers still support it with patches and updates? Ooh, Are they still question. actively working on the game? I don't know. But 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 that's the thing. I think that's I mean, why uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting well, question see, for that reason. I f- I feel like it's really important because there was a small update in December. So, okay. Chad Mm. is saying every single month. Okay. See, that makes a lot of sense because like the idea of a, of a game increasing due to inflation, like I'm, it's one thing if the game is done and released and it's static because at that point, resources are not going into it. But if a company is still actively developing the product, then that means that they are all of the resources that are actively going into it are are dealing with directly inflation. So the idea right. of it going up because it is getting bigger, it is getting larger, it is still being worked on. And I'm, I don't know about you, I'm fine with that. Especially in this case, when the game is right. already packed with content, people can literally get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours into it. I'd feel the same way if Tynan just raised the price of Wimworld by five bucks. You start like, to apply it to other games, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's it's kind of okay when you make something that has such value. It'd be a completely different thing if it was a ten dollar one and done game or a ten hour one and done game. Like that that's so, a, that's a different feel too. I'm going to take the unpopular opinion here. Let's hear. It. Um, not all games are service games, right? But those games still have to sustain the studio into their next game through development of the next thing, and sometimes stuff changes and prices have to change, right? And the the fact that they did that. And we're sort of honest about sort of the context. I think that is relevant, and it is a part of the discussion. Like, 
economy is hard right now. Like shit's hard. Like money is tight for a lot of people, and especially for indies that are on their first or second game and they don't have a big hit game, but they're just trying to survive. These kind of things are, I think, are really relevant questions right now with so much pressure on the games industry. Like your your only ways of releasing games at this point is you work with a publisher, which means you have the boardrooms. You work with a platform, which means you have the boardrooms. And especially for independent developers doing smaller, weirder niche games, these kinds of strategies um, of of increasing uh, price is is. I think it's an important conversation that needs to happen regardless of whether the game is a service product or not. Because personally, I'm not a big fan of every game trying to be a service game. I think supporting right. game is good, but I, re I remember when the change happened from people just being happy with your game to people being like, but are you going to support this? And I'm like, but the game's fucking done. What are you talking about? The, the day of I'm not actual gold discs. The day of like you press it and it's I out in the wild and you're done. I would bug fix it. If I, if there was a bug, fuck yeah, I'll fix it. But like, I wasn't going to go like a year later and add airplanes to Lufthansa. It's like, hell no, I'm done. Like I made the airplanes <laughs> I liked. Like all the other ones are like, we're, we're done. Like I'm not adding more super great box levels. Like, are you kidding me? But you know, the, so, so part of me is, is wants to push back on the idea, but also part of me understands that it's very fair to expect something for something. Um, and like, you know, this this sort of started with Minecraft, I would guess, where it was just like, well, the game is in development, it's this price, and when it's done, it's gonna be this price. And that's sort of how we set expectations, and that's now how it works. So um that brings I know, up, I, I was just gonna say that brings up the interesting question about what if what if Factorio was still in early access and the game wasn't released yet? And they were saying we're increasing the cost of the game while we're developing it and continuing development of it. It's like that's it hasn't before, yet, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Or games going up in cost when they're released. Or, or it's like one. But it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. Would that make a difference if if a game said we're I'm worth this much, but then during the course of development we're like, ah, no, actually I'm worth this much. It's like I wonder yeah. if that would have been. Um, I wonder how if if that would have been received differently. And yeah, yeah people in chat are saying Ark did that, which is yeah. a really good point. A lot Ark of released a that, day yeah. DLC before it was done. Right. Which I, I think is happening that. more and more. Yeah. 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 We're, we're we're figuring it out, but like this kind of stuff, like this, these are interesting experiments. I also love that they never put their game on sale. We did the same thing with Nuclear Throne. Victoria, yeah, never years. put their game on sale once. Yeah, we, one we of did the only sales for Nuclear Throne once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we did the same thing, and it actually was funny because we got the same thing when we put it on sale. It was a news article, and we we're like, <laughs> so he's just saving up for that free press when he's done. <laughs> Not yeah, if they ever works. go on sale, it will be a thing. It'll be a thing, yeah. We, yeah, I guess yeah. we made so much money on the nuclear throne sale we did. It was preposterous. Everybody who had it on the wish list was like, it's, it's yep, time. okay, it's, it's never, now. it might never go on sale again. We'll just grab it now. Right. No, you instill the idea that this is never going to happen again. I should mm -hmm. buy, buy, buy. Yeah. Wow. I also just, I, honestly, I just like the, that was the, the, the thing we said. We were a little idealistic. We just said like, fuck it. Our game is not a sales game. You buy the game for the price, that's the price. Everybody buys at the same price. Then, obviously, we got messages from countries where the economy was weaker, and they're like, fucking, fucking hell, dude, that's like most of my expendable income for the month. Please put it in a sale. And we're like, can we just quietly give you a Steam key? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 yeah that's, such so, a, that's such a Rami thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I grew up poor. Like, I, I get it. Um, but it's that kind of thing, you know? So yeah. 
eventually we were like, fuck it, we'll put it on sale. Like, just give everybody the chance to buy it. But it, it blew up. It was huge. Right. Uh, next thing I want to jump to, the European Parliament. <laughs> they have voted to take action against loot boxes, gaming addiction, gold farming, and more. Uh, they have a whole list of things that they are doing in this uh, thing. Just wanted to get your, like, conversation, uh, your thoughts on, like, governmental oversight of the industry. So I know, I know a bit more of this story because I was involved in some of it. Yeah. But the, the short version is we're not – they didn't vote on oversight. They vote – they voted for a research into alternative earning strategies so they can offer an alternative in case oversight happens. Gotcha. So this yeah. is step one of a larger process. That said, oh, there right. is yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely um, an initiative within the European Union of creating a Europe-level uh, legislation, which I'm actually a huge fan of because right now it's a mess. The Netherlands and Belgium actually have separate legalese that bans loot boxes in games. Right. Which means that, for example, Diablo Immortal was not available. Right. Here. Um, well, other countries do not or have different regulations. And the more that's fragmented, the harder it is um, to, to sort of like create games for the region. So I think a Europe-level solution would obviously change the, the amount of people affected from, like, what is it, 30 million between the Netherlands and Belgium to the entire European bloc, which is hundreds of millions and a fairly big uh, market for people. Yeah. So I think this is good news. And, and the thing is, and this is one of the things I said in, in, in one of the conversations I had about it back, back in the days when this was a, an idea, because I told them, like, listen, as games industry, I would love nothing more than to tell you that we can self-regulate. We did. We did with Peggy. We did with ESRP. We did with age ratings. We can self-regulate. But clearly, we are failing. We're failing to regulate loot boxes. We're failing to create, like, sustainable, sane, moral, ethical, user-friendly, consumer-friendly guidelines for how this should work. And if we cannot do that, we need a stick. We need somebody to come after our asses. I didn't say that literally, but like we need somebody to come after our asses and, and hit us until we go, okay, wait, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. Because in the end, governmental oversight will always be more restrictive than anything the industry would put on itself. So maybe this will cause conversation in the industry to sort of happen to, and be like, well, okay, it. like maybe. Maybe we'll get ahead of this. Maybe we'll think of alternatives and like work with the government on on sort of creating like a, a middle. I I think like loot boxes have to go. Like I've you know I've never been a fan, but they are too close to gambling. And sure. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I I know I know the argument that it's similar to booster packs, but here's the difference: if you go into a store, booster packs are gambling. Right, like, right. but if you go into a, if you go into a store and you try to buy a thousand dollars worth of booster packs, Watsi did that, yeah. I think, yeah, but like, there's a difference between like a seven year old walking in to buy a thousand booster sure. packs. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, if you're a seven year old walking into a store trying to buy a thousand booster packs, they're gonna say no. If you're doing it in a game, it's gonna say absolutely. Also, do you want to buy an additional two hundred? What year were you born price? in? 
Hmm, let me go ahead and just adjust that to 1942. 1842, 1842, y'all. Super quick uh, sub-question what you're talking about. Do you see a difference between loot boxes you pay money for or in, and loot boxes that you earn in-game? Mm. Right, so here's the thing. Loot boxes I earn in-game, absolutely fair. Absolutely fair. We do that all the time because effectively any boss drop in Destiny is a loot box. It's just disguised just as something drop. else, yeah. We use random drops all the time. Right, but they're the loot boxes is, you got to work for. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're a friction, right? But loot boxes with money, even if it is a loot box you could also earn in game, loot boxes that you have to pay for, per definition, are gambling. Now, they're trying alternatives where it's a loot box where there's an item in it, but there is also a currency in it that will allow you to buy the thing eventually. But if that currency amount is unstable it is still gambling right and the whole reason loot boxes work is because people like the thrill of maybe getting a thing yeah right that's the same reason an entire guild gets together to kill a boss in an mmo yeah Yeah. but if you make it money instead of time then you create this awkward situation where you're literally gambling so i'm hugely in favor of killing loot boxes paid loot boxes just fucking blast them, right? Because um, I just don't think there's anything good that comes from it. I think in terms of, like, how do you deal with, like, um, uh, random drops? No, random drops are, are great. I just do not think that loot box should be the solution. If you want, like, soft currency that you can buy, sure, soft currency that you can buy. Have, like, a, a weekly thing that uh, allows you to pick one of five items and you can only use that soft currency for it. And it's still a little bit gambling, but you know eventually the thing you want is going to happen, right? And you don't have to pay more money for it. You just have to put the right amount of currency in your account to be able to buy it. I think that's fair. But the the gambling thing, nah. Nah, it needs to go. That's what I told them. If anybody is unhappy with it, <laughs> I don't give a sh- I don't give a shit. Like fuck loot boxes. Like I'm I'm done with them. Like yeah, the, it, it's, it's a blight on the industry. It is absolutely, it's a blight on game design. Yeah, it, it's nice to have like hard hard examples because I have to admit it's it's kind of it's never it doesn't and never feels good when you know that there's entire teams and groups and departments that their entire purpose is to obfuscate exactly what you're saying right. into things that aren't that way. Like literally they're, they're at the company to be like, okay, we want them to put money in for random items, but we don't want to do loot boxes because that's something that's kind of triggering to our base right now. So what can we do? And that's when you can, that's when you see like the Diablo immortal gem system where it's like, it's not a loot box, but you can buy the stuff to make it. So you get better loot out of your bosses. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's at that point, it's almost combining what is okay yeah. and what's not okay and it's this weird gray area well, and it's Rami, like ah rami with that change to loot boxes if it <sighs> if it goes through if they if they you know do something to it where they ban it whatever does that just mean that like the chinese mobile market doesn't release outside of china at that point i mean yeah probably yeah yeah they just, like, I but i think eventually that. eventually i think the same thing will happen in china like the the, the main really? thing with these things is it it is economically it is economically sort of not a great thing to have this thing happen continuously. Like the the um, the bigger issue is just it creates a lot. It creates a lot of problems for people, right? Because uh, there is no there is no good reason to have this. The games industry already makes more money than any other entertainment industry in the world. 
And literally all this is doing is creating more money while creating more problems for individuals. It's creating addiction problems. It's creating problems with people's uh, safety, with their health, with their money. Uh, it's creating friction between adults and children. It's creating unhealthy behaviors in children. It's increasing gambling, uh, uh, gambling tendency in young children. Like, here's the thing. I'm not the kind of person who says, like, nobody is negatively affected by video games. I think that's bullshit, right? Like, the, the, there's always the people who say, like, games like violent. I think that's bullshit. But do games make people that are that have a violent tendency and might not be able to deal with processing that properly in a game, might a game negatively affect them? Yeah, sure. Like, the same way people would... It's like any violent activity. Yeah. 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 It, it's it's like, like watching it a bunch of violent been, movies could do. Yeah. It could have been a soccer game. Right. Like it literally it doesn't matter. Like, yes, that is true. Like, I, I believe that if we want to say that games can mean something good, we have to accept that games can mean something bad. We can't have it both ways. Right. I'm just glad and personally then, that I have no association with video games and violent activity at all. Like it's <laughs> I've been zero. able to divorce myself from that. And gambling. That's so wonderful. Says so the wonderful. guy who gambling, literally gambling is well, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, says Zeke, the guy who literally has to order two of everything for when he inevitably breaks the first one by slamming it into something. <laughs> you can't just out him on main like that, though. Dang, you gonna put? I'm gonna put that There's in a rules box. here. I'm gonna put it down into my into the cellar, and I'm going to examine that emotion that you just gave me later, Nicole. Oh God! God, I'm glad I rescheduled my. My therapy for next. There, there were two other. Uh, uh, what, what, oh, with loot boxes, just real quick. With yeah, loot yeah. boxes, I think my biggest problem with them is that there's no spending cap. Mm-hmm. There's no cap. You it's can just keep spending all day, right? anytime. It's randomness. No spending cap. If they said loot boxes exist, but up to a certain level, and after that, they're gone. Done. They're there to you catch cannot, you up you to the rest of the player base or something. Done. I don't, I don't care. If they say, like, okay, it's a, a, a X amount cap, right? Like $30 cap. Yeah. Fucking fine. I, I, for some game, for Marvel Snap, I would pay it. I'd pay it. God. I love Marvel Snap. I'm having a great time. I'd probably spend more on that game. Than I that. wonder if they've, like, on the topic of Marvel Snap, I wonder if they've actually thought about, like, if you could just buy all of Tier 3 cards for $50. Would. Or it would have to be something a lot more than $50 because they already charge you $50 for the option not to do that. <laughs> I would, right? But like the thing is, I think the idea of a spending gap uh, complicates uh, complicates the, the business model, and I think it will disrupt it enough that most companies will go el- elsewhere. So Man. maybe that is where we need to be looking. Membuck in my chat had a. I didn't even consider this. Path of Exile has a limit on it, but it resets every three months. Also. Shout out and very cool little thing about Path of Exile. You can message the developers and they will disable your ability to buy loot boxes. Really? Yep. I didn't absolutely. know that. Hey, they made a, a big thing about it um, during one of the leagues where they were like, do you not feel that you can control this? Let us know and we will make it so you cannot buy them. Yes, it's easy enough to do. You know, it, it, it takes power for a person to do that in the first place. So it does. Yeah, it does. So, you know, cool, there's a certain, but, but that's cool. That's still like that. You don't, you don't always see that. <laughs> so sure, it's, it's yeah. nice to shout you out. You when don't you see do. like EA. Like, give us a message. Now, what would be, what would be interesting? <laughs> they would send an email back with like, actually, we're giving you a discount for the first 10 boxes. <laughs> the first two are free. No, but it's yeah, like, a, yeah, it, it would, I would say it, I, I think like the next interesting step would be a company that would be detecting you purchasing loot boxes and would like pop up a message being like, you know, do you, do you want to talk about maybe disabling this? Like, like of sure. course, it would be actively against them making money, but at the same time, if a company did that, that'd make headlines. 
where where they were like, you know, like PoE, you buy 50 loot boxes in a row and a message pops up and it says, just wanting to let you know, if you want, we can turn this off for you. You know, you can send a message to our team. You know, here's some gambling helplines just in case. You know, just wanted to check in. Hi, feel free yeah. to keep going if you have the funds. But, you know, just wanted to check, you know, that'd be kind so, of amazing. Uh, but never happened. You know, just steal the loot boxes. You've all here <laughs> heard... You've all heard that necessity is the mother of invention. I'm sure that's a, it's an old it's an old sure. saying. Um, I have personal experience with this because I called up my bank and I was like, "Do not let like put it's a like limit kid invasion on uh, ATM withdrawals. Do not let me draw more than two hundred dollars at any given time on any given twenty four hour period. Really, don't yeah. do it." So not only would I wait until midnight, like eleven thirty, to gamble. I would, uh, as soon as reset? that ticked over, uh, at midnight, I would get out uh, more money. And also, I would, uh, f- I figured out ways to uh, withdraw it from other sources. Um, like, sure, yeah. yeah. Dude, like, I, it's you a find good a step. Way. Like, I'll tell you this. Gamblers will find a fucking way You'll to get find money. A- <laughs> look, man. You, look, the God's honest truth. You can go watch the biggest streamers on Twitch. They've they've got the same tendencies, and you can see the shit they jump through. Yeah. That but that, that's the thing. Just kill, kill the loot boxes. Just, yeah, just kill them. Like I, and I know I'm, they. they and need I'm to be... saying that's a great solution because yeah. if there were no yeah. like, because I, I I moved from Montana to Denver, and uh, in Montana, every single bar had a kino machine, had a poker machine, whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, there are zero except for special, you know, like reservation casinos and stuff like that. And they're, you know, pretty pretty good distance out of town. Sure. Yeah. I haven't been to one of them since I moved here because it's an inconvenience. So I think that might actually work. It might actually work. Yeah. Yeah. Blue boxes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's what I argued for in in these in these conversations, and I, I hope I hope I get what I want because I think it would just make the games industry a, a better place. Yeah, there's uh, outside of the loot boxes, there's. 15, 20 other bullets, um, bullet points. Yeah. One of them uh, to assess the use of gold farming in connection with financial crimes mm-hmm. and human rights abuse and present the appropriate initiatives if necessary uh, to yep. end That's the uh, illegal practices allowing anyone to exchange, sell, or bet on in game and third party sites for skin betting. Uh, that yep. was brought to uh, their, their attention. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. The EU a lot is, of stuff. The EU is fairly good at these kind of things. The the biggest problem with the EU is follow through. Like right, they'll the, assess they set it, up but they won't set up the rule. Yeah. That's what we're waiting for. And I've been in touch with some of the people who are pushing this on the Dutch side. And they they seem to really want to do it. And what I really appreciate it is obviously a lot of the people you're talking with in these kind of meetings are old. Are old? They're old they're yeah. They're old. They have no idea about any of this. They know that their kids do it. And that they don't like that they're they see, they see the charge on the but, credit card, <laughs> basically. But um, the um, the thing I found really interesting this time is that they actually involved industry people from the start to talk about these things, and not just the people that they would be regulating, but also people throughout the industry that do not use loot boxes. From what I understand, they also talk to people who have been affected by these loot boxes and by these systems, and they've talked to like. So they actually got like a fairly holistic like view of the situation before they started putting this plan together. Hmm. And I I thought that like it felt like they actually they they get it. I was on a radio interview with with one of those people the other day um about this topic and it was just like this guy was informed. 
Like he, he was on top of the messaging. He was on top of the topic. And even when there were like sort of like curveball questions, no, he, he knew his shit. He was, he was like, like mid sixties, like late fifties, somewhere between late fifties, mid sixties, I guess. That's rare. He sounded like, he sounded like us just without the cursing. Like it was, it was good. <laughs> or was it just me rare. that's cursing? <clears throat> it's definitely rare. Uh, okay. What else is there? God, there's so many different news stories. Uh, Marvel's Avengers is gone soon. They're they're packing up shop. They announced on uh, Friday, following the update, uh, 2.8 on March 31st, 2023, they will no longer add new content or features to Marvel's Avengers. All official support for the game will end on September 30th, 2023. Even after the official support ceases on September 30th, both single and multiplayer gameplay will continue to be available. Uh, they put out more information. See below for more information. But Right. It'll yeah. stay available for a year or so. And yeah, they'll they'll keep it be. there till an amount, whatever threshold it is they have marked to uh yeah. to no longer, you know, you have to have it you have to have the internet basically turned on, the servers yeah. turned on to play that game. Um but it's I don't like this reality. Where it shuts down? I don't like it. Yeah, just like games you like disappear. Like the whole Destiny Stadia thing made me very, very nervous about sure, the yeah. eventual death of. of we didn't Destiny, even talk about you know? Stadia games. That, games that, that people put a lot of money into, you right. know, and in some cases bought with the intention of playing for decades because they loved it. Yeah, and then somebody just decides, no, you that money, that all that money intention. you spent, it's gone, gone. If that was your intention, you probably shouldn't have bought a stadium, but that's a separate conversation. <laughs> oh, but, oh, like, you're talking, you're yeah, preaching you know. to the choir here. <laughs> right. Who but would buy the, a stadium? Uh, Surely I was, not. I like the three stadia. people on the <laughs> show. Free, but like, I, you know, yeah, like you're the, in a different the, the, world than us in that regard. The, the stadium refund? The, the, yes. Yeah. That, they actually, go to, go to your Google accounts. Yeah. It, it does say it'll take 10 months or something like that, code, but it, it credited to my Google account. By which time inflation means it's worth eleven dollars. <laughs> you know, like the seven hundred dollars you've invested, yeah. you will get them back. Yeah. Sure. No, I, I, I don't know. Like the, I just, I don't like, I don't like this reality where like good games shut down, platforms are going under. Like you know, people love things and now they're no longer playing. Like you know, the scary stuff with all the shit that's happening, all the streaming service. We're just like, actually, we're just pulling down this entire series because it's a better it's tax gone. write off. I yeah. Was like, that could totally happen with games, what? man. And kind of already is in a lot of ways for it, a lot it of will. games. Happens, yeah. It happens inevitably with almost every MMO. Every, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess when an MMO shuts down, you're right. Yeah. I don't like it. I mean, I in like some it. cases... I like, go ahead. I like when it was rare. That it was a big thing. Remember? Like, big MMO shuts down and you're like, oh my god, let's watch this thing. And like, watch it. Everybody loves it. Watch it burn. And, <laughs> and we were just like, oh my god, the servers turn off, and this is why. And now we're just like, yeah, so which seven games are shutting down this week? Yeah, this, this, this. Oh, shit, I played that. Yeah, okay. Ah, eh, fuck it. Like, it, it, it's just, also the amount of work that we're burning. Like, what the? Yeah, oh, yeah, like, you're, you're not wrong. Buy the video game. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, oh it, it is a weird uh, industry with Games that are forever online. Gotta have those servers. You don't those really servers buy cost money. Games. Yeah, you're you just buying the buy service. The, uh, you buy the chance to play them at that moment. That's right. There's no guarantee that you'll be able to in the future. And especially, all, I think all of us are old enough to where it's like, that's not how it was. You bought the game, you bought a physical item, 
whenever you wanted for the rest of your life. You could put Pop that, that cartridge in. CD-ROM. Yep. And you could put that cartridge in, and it's like that was yours. It was your game, your copy. And it's like that's just you're, mm-hmm. you basically you don't buy games anymore. You license them. Yeah. Yeah. You license them. And funny enough, that's what we do with every single Steam game. Yes. Steam will probably go out at some point in the future. Not probably anytime soon. They're still the big fish. But eventually, someone bigger is going to come along. Steam is going to try to keep up. Maybe something will happen. And eventually, Steam will probably go under. Or get bought by a company that decides that Happy Library is buy important for them. Absolutely. <laughs> so, it's I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, like, your entire Steam library one day could just be gone. Yeah. Uh, it will be. No question about it. It will be gone. One day it will, it will not exist, yeah. When? Sure. I'd say, when I'd say is that day, Rami? Rami, tell me when that day is. I need to prepare. Yeah, Gabe, told, Gabe, t- Gabe told me he would stop me if I told anybody. So Okay. Right, a serious enough. sooner consideration is, is, is hey, pop-up but- services like Epic. Epic one day just deciding, you know what? Uh, uh, the right exec wakes up and says, you know what? I'm done putting money into this system. Yeah. Shut it down. It's not worth, it's not worth the servers we're hosting it on. It's not worth all the money we're pouring into it. It was a good try, but we're shutting it down. Yeah. I, I, I think, think what I like about is gone. The, the funny thing about Epic is they have enough control. <laughs> all those free games. Stuff. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> but they have enough control of leadership that I'm not too worried about Epic. Like yeah. Epic has, has good control of, of its decisions. Like yeah. it's, it's a unique situation they're in, but yeah, I, I mean, but it, it comes, it comes down to where it's not, it's not a decision based out of, is it good or not? It comes down to a decision just based on money. I mean, Epic's a company, right? You know, so if yeah. it gets to the point where it's just too much of an anchor, it's just not worth it. You know? Yeah. Uh, I've got two things I want to bring up. One, both industry related. The second one, more personal, I think, for Rami. Uh, first one, industry. Wow's done in China. They're shutting. It's yeah. it's gone. It's a big deal. And then they announced. Uh, it's probably called Taurus Land. I'm going to pronounce it as Tar Island. Did you guys see the trailer for Tar Island? Because man, how do, you, just, how do you spell that? Uh, Tar Island. T A R Island. Yeah. Uh, the trailer they put out for Tar Island like two weeks ago, a week ago, it's literally just World of Warcraft. <laughs> like it is a unveiled cent, by ten cents. It's ten cents oh. World of Warcraft, uh, and to even go a little step further, to make it seem like China was kind of like personally upset about all this, there was a axe that was from a popular character Garrosh within World of Warcraft. Uh, I want to say it's the hell something or other. I forget the name of the weapon. They quite literally tore the statue down in front of a building and dismantled the gore. How thank you, chat. They dismantled the physical metal gore. How and recorded and, and released it on the internet because why not? I guess I, it's, it's just bizarre. It's just like a what very was the symbolism they're trying to accomplish with that. This, I, I mean, I, uh, I assume what you want. I, it was there as a like, like we hate Blizzard. We're I guess. removing them from. Yeah. The, like what? What? Just in, enlighten me here. I, I should have been following this closely. What was the big thing that caused this to happen? They just didn't renew the license in China. I don't no, know if there were specifics no, for it. No, there was. There was. No, no. Netty's basically, but Netty's basically said that this wouldn't have no material impact on their on their earnings. Like WoW was not earning enough. Oh. Like, all oh, the so games they. Just, they Netty's so this is a conscious business decision by yeah. World of Warcraft to just be like Netties yeah. to just be like we just we're not going to renew our license in China because it's not worth it. And yeah. We're shutting down WoW. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. And, and then, was the uh, Gorehound thing players pissed off that they were doing that? One player's no, so company. Basically, <laughs> the yeah, company basically is happened, who removed it. Blizzard then posted a thing saying that they weren't able to, to renew their deal with NetEase, which obviously pissed off a lot of players who wanted to continue playing the game. And then uh, NetEase took offense to the way Blizzard wrote and basically threw them under the bus for not renewing the license. They, they pinned it on them. To, yeah. Because yeah. I think they were trying to find another partner to keep the license going in China, they were. right? Yeah. They were. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Essentially like Nettie's basically went like, yeah, Nettie's basically looked at Activision Blizzard and said like, eh, you're not earning enough. And then, and then announced sure Microsoft their own use it in their court case. Of, wow. They're like, even Nettie's thought we weren't worth the money. Like, come on. Yeah. Nettie says Activision Blizzard is a word shit. We should be allowed to buy them. What weird moves in that case, by the way, Microsoft buying shit, Sony buying Bungie, Sony saying in the shareholder report, like, yeah, Microsoft is not really a big deal to us. Like, what is happening? Everybody's making bad moves. <laughs> yeah. It's a little it's wild. embarrassing. It's a little wild to see all so that. The entire industry is being fucking embarrassing right now when it comes to decision making. I have to sit here and be like, hey, no, no, we got we got this. We got we don't got this. Shit's it's on all, fire. It's all I don't just know what's happening. Billionaires playing with billions at that point. <laughs> throwing money around. Uh disgusting. The other thing I wanted to bring up, and it kind of it, it, if anything, it brings us full circle to the show because we started out with co stating like the idea that all of this is just suits trying to make more money and in, in corporate greed and whatnot. Um, Rami, I know you've been on the giant bomb cast before. Did you happen to catch uh, Jeff Gersman's stream uh, two or three days ago when he was talking about how, uh, and this is somewhat dour, so I apologize, but it was talking about how when Ryan passed away, it basically made their existence continue because the suits at the company realized that people were willing to spend money and support the show when the outcry after his death. That is like wild. Jesus Christ. Dude. Yeah. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest, you know, like in the games industry, we see a lot of fucked up shit, but you guys, the side of the industry, like the press media side, like the shit it I hear there fucking insane. Is- Fucking like the 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 shit I hear from the press media side of the industry, like you know, they report on crunch, but like if you see how the people in the press crunch, right, and people on Twitch crunch during like tw- like oh, you, you should watch. Shit. I mean, you bring that up. Jeff quite literally said when so Jeff Gersman, huge uh, just to bring this to people into the fold. Right. Jeff Gersman's Context. a. a, a very, very, very well-known journalist within the game journalism scene. He's been around for, I don't know, 20-plus years, 25 years at this point. He was involved in the GameSpot, Kane and Lynch thing when he basically got let go because he gave Kane and Lynch a bad review. There's a whole bunch of drama. This was probably a decade and change ago uh, when all that stuff happened. Um, he recently got let go from the website that he created, Giant Bomb, about a year ago and change. And now this past week, the company that owned Giant Bomb let more people go. Yeah. Uh, people that had worked there for a very, very long time. Uh, and so this kind of all started a conversation for Jeff, who now, when he left, started a very successful Patreon. You think he has like five or 6,000 patrons with a $5 buy-in base, and it's super, super oh. successful. Um, but on the stream, he goes on to state exactly everything you just said, where like, 
when Ryan passed away, he said that he basically looked at his life and was like, I'm no longer going to work 80 hours a week to review a fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan is his best friend who also he created yeah. the website with. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Ryan passed away. Yeah. Uh, like sadly about a decade ago, uh, yeah. about a decade ago now. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, Jeff is genuinely one of the nicest, like warmest people I've met in, in the games. Like, and like so incredibly real, like that man was so incredibly real and, and yeah. so genuine and, and so honest. I mean, that, that was the brand he had, like over, over the Kane and Lynch thing. That was the brand he had, but he deserved that brand. And there's a lot of people in games who like deserve part of their brand, <laughs> but not their entire brand. And Jeff was just 100% every time you sat down with him, there would be an amazing story or like some backdrop or some context or. And he would always treat you as if you were a big deal. Right. Right. So on Giant Bomb, he would put me on, on tables with like, you know, industry legends because he was like yeah no you're doing good work like just go sit between them and we'll, we'll interview all of you at once and he'd be like like i would put somebody important and he's like no no all of you are important like y'all make games like go, go sit i was like love this man but like he was he was genuinely like he is that person that that people hoped he was he was just like he will talk honestly about this stuff and he will talk personally about this stuff and he will have fun doing it but like you won't get anything that is bullshit out of out of Jeff Grisman. And I've I've always very much appreciated that. Yeah. Um Yeah, it makes me sad these stories, man. Like the people in the press they were like, incredibly you know, like depressing. Then, yeah, it, it was wild. The people in the press, they get worked to the bone and then they get shit from from everyone. Right? Yeah. They, they, it's like literally nobody I mean, I I think all three of us experience it. You say the word IGN, you can look in chat and within five seconds you'll see a shitty comment. <laughs> right. I, and like, you know that's, the, peop, that's the, the people the people who work now. at IGN are lovely. Well, you know, like most of them are are lovely, <laughs> and even even the ones that aren't lovely are at least hard fucking working. Right? Like they try. Right? They try. And like a lot of people are like, yeah, okay, some of those personalities are bigger than they should be, or bigger than life. And IGN, you know, is a big company. Sometimes they do things where I'm like, yeah, mm, 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 I, I wouldn't do well, that. But like. You know how old IGN is? IGN is old. Like, yeah. that is an institute. And from the games industry, we look at that and we're like, they didn't fuck up that much. I think, I think it's, it's also possible, though, to, to separate the content of a company from the hardworking good employees. You can do because that. Because, like, I... A lot of people I, can't. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I, I do feel like a lot of people that rag on IGN do that. Like, I, there's, no, there's no question that there has been some questionable content out of IGN. There's a Absolutely. reason that they've sure. earned but, a lot of the negativity. But honestly, Does that now, now you're right though. Does that mean that any single person should ever be ragged on for what they right. do there as a person? Absolutely not. It, it's the same thing where like if a game makes a bad decision or a patch has questionable updates that people attack the right. game devs and but do like, that kind of I've made shit games and you've all done shit episodes, right? Like, <laughs> how dare me? What the fuck? Man, you're done. Miss. You're done here, Robbie. <laughs> you're no longer. Okay. Three Thank you for being here for this show of Drop Frames. Yeah, we appreciate you being here, except for Rami. Hope you enjoyed the last time you'll see Mr. Rami. <laughs> I can't. Why don't you get on your plane and fly the fuck away, Rami? How about that? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I mean, that is the duly appointed person who only says positive things about this <laughs> about this uh, this podcast. I want to say that I think we're doing great, and I don't know if we've ever had a bad episode. Good job, everyone. No. Good you're, job, you're three of us. 
You're that's asking. the thing, right? We all, we all, we all miss. We all yeah. miss sometimes, and that's and that's yeah. Across fifteen years, if you look at what the really big misses are, IGN have done. Like it's like the plagiarist guy that was fucked up, and then like a number of reviews where you're like, it was a little yeah. questionable. Yeah, like, that's the snowball effect that people have. It's 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 yeah. the like, and it's yeah. different for every person. So you know, some people right. really hate IGN because all the games they liked IGN said were great, or all the games they didn't like, or excuse me, all the games they didn't like IGN said were great, right. or maybe they right. believed them at some point and then got a bad review, and then it's like, how can I ever trust them again? Right. You know, it's it's, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I will say it is, it does, it does. It's kind of unfortunate when when that kind of there is a transition that takes place, and this is a societal thing, not necessarily a person mm. when when the dislike of a company publicly becomes a meme yeah. when it becomes, when it becomes a culturally accepted thing to hate on a game dev, a news organization, a, that kind of thing. When it, when it, when it's just like, that's the cool thing to do. Another great company. It's cool to hate is Kotaku. For instance, yeah. everyone loves yeah. to hate Kotaku. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, you're right. Hopefully you're very right. most, very right. hopefully most people can realize that there's still hard workers behind there and they do put out good content. It's the whole, like a cliche is a cliche because it works so well so often. Like, you know, you can hate cliches, but they're cliches because they work as, as, because yeah. you know, there's yeah. enough good stuff there to keep it going. Yeah. So, but you know, not, anyway. I think the, the sad reality is not everyone this, thinks that way. This was a great episode, by the way, you guys. Like, yeah, it was a blast. <laughs> yeah, I, just, hey, just, welcome just, to Rami. Back to Rami's our cast. Back. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. He got off his negative plane and now he's Hooray. on positive uh air here welcome back to the team rami i just i I just wanted to say one thing about about rami is that he has Uh the blessing and the curse of knowing individuals that work at companies that we only know the company curtain sure yeah show and then he goes back in the back end and sees the the sausage getting made so he's got a a better perspective a more a more intelligent perspective on this more enlightened perspective he knows what's going on just yeah. why it's fun to have you here and thank you for doing it i i always appreciate it like you know like it as always it's fun to see chad and to to, to hear what your perspective on stuff is as well because for me like you know you're on a very different end of the industry like you're talking to the people playing the games continuously and also people that would never play my games or would never be interested in the shit that i do so like it's also a really good reality check for me every now and then to just hang out with y'all and like see what you're thinking. And so I, I appreciate it as I, much. That goes both like, ways as, as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I appreciate that. You're, you're our, ins- our inside correspondent. Yeah. The inside <laughs> man. Don't, the don't inside tell anybody. No, no, <laughs> nobody watches this, right? Like, is yeah. there, Oh God, how many people? Well, I mean, <laughs> the, yeah. The God's honest truth is if I didn't watch giant bomb, wouldn't know you exist and you wouldn't be on the show today. I so. love giant. <laughs> Long live right. Giant Bomb. Long yeah. live Jeff Gerstmann. Yeah. Like, I just and, like and your tweets. Th- this show probably wouldn't exist if like Giant Bomb didn't do its thing. So, yeah. Anyways, what were we going to say, Zeke? I was just going to say, if you ever get the fucking opportunity to walk around a con floor with Rami, it's awesome. <laughs> it oh, is yeah, so awesome. High fives, fist bumps <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, inside <laughs> jokes like, yeah, so how how's that fucking thing going? He's like, and I'm like, what what what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And and, and the only just, reason you know, we're saying this fucking yep. thing is because they don't know whether you are press or not. So they're just like, can can I say what it is? No, okay. It's how did the, the fucking the thing go? Yeah. So like, is is he is he gonna talk about this or not? Like that's the it's it's lovely. Yeah. Uh, it was really fun walking with you though because you also get recognized by like every third. Like we cannot move five feet. It was great. Thanks, Rami. Thanks for you saying know, that. Z- yeah. Rami, we don't <laughs> even know that. Like, 
We don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was five steps. I get interrupted by a developer. Five steps. Yep. He gets interrupted by a viewer. Five steps. It was just we Someone got leaked the DMs. Great. He paid them off to say this. There's no other way that that's it's not real. Didn't happen. Well, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that we're both like pretty recognizable. Very tall. Very and tall. also yeah. we're not quiet. Also not. Yeah, also that's not. mostly you. That's also. mostly. Yeah, uh, true. Cool, I know you need to get out of here. I'm gonna let you do shout outs real quick. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh first of all, Thank you guys for watching. Big thank you to JP and Zeke as always. Rami, it is always a pleasure. Already looking forward to the next time you can make some time to be with us. It was a very fun show. A lot of good information. My name is Ko. Hi, I am here tomorrow morning for some Stalker, tonight for some Chain Echoes. I can't wait to talk about Chain Echoes on this show. Um, and Stalker, of course. And then I am gone next week. We'll be running reruns of Subnautica on my channel, but I am, I am gone to a far off place to do a thing. So I will see you guys uh, probably next Saturday. Uh, for all sorts of stuff, Dead Space remake, uh, Pantheon pre-alf in the evening. Uh, probably check out for Spoken. We've got a lot of stuff to do. I so hope to see you then. And uh, if you want to know what I'm doing over the next week, uh, follow me at Twitter at CoCarnage. I may be tweeting out some stuff if I can. So yeah, it'll be fun. Thanks for watching. As always, I gotta go. And uh, thanks again, Rami. See you guys next week. Awesome. Let's see. I don't think it saves the last frame anymore. Do the last frame. We'll see where it saves. I'm just gonna do a normal face. Nope, saves last frame. <laughs> I do. It works. It checks out. Yep, looks great. It's fantastic. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Foot <laughs> fun again. Uh, Rami, do you have to go immediately? Uh, immediately, no. Soon, yes. Okay. Uh, is there any other things, Zeke, you want to ask? I don't know the next time we'll have Rami on, so I, we can continue no, for I a little actually, bit. No, I actually, there is one thing... That there is one thing I was saving from the very beginning of the show. Like we were talking about Dutch things and I went out and I came back and I never found the opportunity, oh, but I just it? wanted to like interject this, like just cause I was like, Hmm. Oh you're yeah. Right. Yeah. You're absolutely oh, yep. right. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, when the Dutch mm -mm. bake shit, they do shit right, man. We know how Wait, to you're, apply that shit. You're just, you're no. not, you're eating it without the coffee. Isn't that like sacrilegious? The tea, yeah, the oh, tea. It's oh, the yeah. best way to eat them with the tea, but with they're pretty tea? good like that. I've had coffee. Tea or coffee, it doesn't matter. Fine like, yeah, fine like this, dude. I think a, uh, uh, I want to say maybe we mentioned it on the Drop Frames a long time ago. It might have been with Rami. And then at, uh, at a TwitchCon, a fan brought me Stroopwafels before, and I had them right there. It was great. It's good stuff. So, so Stroopwafels, uh, Zeke, if you ever want to try, if you have a warm drink, put them on top. And yep. then keep them until they're warm yeah. but not soggy. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. eat them. They're well, here's the thing. Even better. Uh, That's how uh, I did it. waffles are probably. I'm guessing they're copyright. Or <laughs> they're probably no maybe a registered trademark. Maybe not. They but should. we had a place in my hometown of Billings, Montana, uh, that was called Caramel Cookie Waffles. I've been there, and they made fresh caramel cookie waffles. I've been there. Nice. Those people, and that's, I met that's those how people. I knew them all the time growing up. And I was on an airplane once, and someone said, "Do you want a Stroop waffle?" And I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And they had me. And it's like, <laughs> "You, this is a caramel Billings. cookie waffle." Bill so Billings, Montana. That that's on the that's next to uh, uh, it's east of what, what's next. Nothing. Of? There's east? nothing around Billings for it's, <laughs> it's south. It's uh, in the if, if you're looking at the state, it's south central Montana. Yeah, but, but like I forgot southern, where Montana is. Montana's in the north? Borders Canada. West, yeah. Yeah. All right. So when you drive from Seattle More to Chicago, you would come through it, right? Yes. You, so here's the thing. I once took a road trip from Seattle to I, probably Boston, and I drove through Billings, and I got hungry. <laughs> and I went, and I searched for a place to go, 
And the place you're talking about is the Dutchest fucking place I've seen outside of the Netherlands. It's they <laughs> they, they have uh, a roll uh, um like they're like flaky rolls with with sausage inside of them. It's they're, like yeah, the best yeah, like lunch yeah. place so I size in town. So size approach. Wait, yeah, so what? Size approach. Those no, are called so kolaches that, where where I come from. No, no, so size approach. Uh, um, might be the same. Color. But but maybe. But the the thing is, I talked to those people, and they they uh, one of them is Dutch. One of them was like originally Dutch and moved to the U.S. with their partner and started a company together. So it's hundred percent accurate Dutch like stuff. And yeah, and they totally totally Americanized it, calling it caramel cookie right. waffle. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> that's it most is American shit. Hundred percent Dutch. I was it, so surprised. Once I, I found that there. place, it is homemade. They have a limited supply. They don't they don't reheat. They make it that day. Yeah. If you don't get there by one fifteen, sold out. They're out of the good shit. Like, Dude, that's you how you know no something is good. Spinach that's... roll, no sausage roll, no, more, none of that. More places need to do that. That have good product. All right. Just sell. I cannot out. believe okay. you just brought up that place. I have like photos of that place on my phone because I was just like, <laughs> it's great. What well, is like, happening? In it's Billings one of, of all the places. only. Yeah, it's one of the only places that that uh, I brought Katie, who is. A child of the of the U.S. has lived in lots of different cities in the U.S. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take you to two places, and I bet you're going to love it. And she, I took her to Caramel Cookie Waffle. She's like, oh, my God, this is stupendous. It's fresh. It's flaky. I'm like, right, right. <laughs> and the other place was Pickle Barrel. <laughs> I don't know what Pickle Barrel. It's just a I sandwich place I, that I makes do, fucking uh, awesome sandwiches. I've heard of Pickle Barrel for some reason. Maybe you I, mentioned it. So- so every time I drive through from from the Seattle to anything on the other coast, I I will detour through Billings just to go to that place. I've been Man, there four or five times now. Like it's it's I just I have to go. Like yeah. actual Dutch. Food I love in it. It's US. a it's a super really tiny cool. place that has it shares like a, a, a like a mini 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 mall with like it has like a convenience store, like a laundromat, and then like the the tiny caramel cookie waffle restaurant and it seats like 12 people maybe i, f- I, f- I feel like we need to do that i feel like we need to take zeke with a strobe waffle and just have him put the strobe waffles in ghost mouth i think this is important oh yeah i was i was gonna ask but i didn't know if the green screen would allow me to do that uh this seems important see. this seems hold very on, important hold on, hold on. Nice. do this actually if we do this, this it'll disappear I'm gonna put it right in his ear. Is it better if go. it's like that or that? Like I don't. Oh, yeah, that's go. better. Better. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's it. There we go. This is it. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see where it ends. <laughs> no, it'll go the distance. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. There you're doing. you go. Okay. Here we go. Co, Koa, eat it. It's an airplane. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Worth Beautiful. it. Green screen magic. Oh no, it's a seven 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 zero zero. Here it goes. <laughs> Going to heaven, the true waffle. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. Now at least, Zeke, if you're ever in a situation where the airplane has been hijacked and like everything has gone shit, you know what numbers to put in, okay? Yeah. Jack has a knife. Jack the uh, fucking uh, yeah, seven five. Fucking yeah. Jack. Yeah. Fucking Jack. Uh we we didn't uh, you guys watch Last of Us? Did you watch the show? What, what? I have a job. I oh, really want to. Zeke, did I'm you watch excited. it? I'm not time yet. Am I the only Last one that's watched it? Yeah, did you watch it? I thought it was, I thought yeah, it was, I thought it was fucking awesome. I thought it was great. Some things are actually creepier in the show, uh, Rami. They they got rid of the uh, the spores, and they're mm. more fungi-like. Ooh. And so, like, oh. the zombies, like, there's, there's a... Uh, 
there is a zombie. Let's just go with that. And okay. uh, the re- before they interact or do anything zombie-like you would expect from a Last of Us zombie, they just have small little like fungi coming out of their mouth, and it's terrifying. It's fucked up. It's like it's like, like scarier that. than other shit that I've seen. It's just little I, feelers I that are moving. Don't like that. And yeah, I really it's like not a good. Image. I don't like that. It's good. It's good. Yeah, not, I'm, not I'm excited. Image. I'm. I haven't had time to to look. To look at it, but I it's will, great. Um, I, they, I'm they excited. It. I'm very excited. I, th- I think they uh, they absolutely. I I didn't really. I don't think I have any issues with thus far. I think everyone like acting wise uh, is fantastic. The the it's there's so many. The way that I described it when we were talking about it uh, with chat and Zeke, I'm curious with with you if this is at all similar because you've watched it, uh, and also with people in chat that have seen it. It's very strange because I've never been one of those people that's like read a book and then watch the show or the movie. Cause I just, mm-hmm. I just, I don't read books is the God's honest truth. And so now I've seen and I think this goes a little bit further because everyone has the same experience. Whereas books, it's all in your head. You kind of create the experience for yourself mm-hmm. with the game. I've lived through the game X amount of times. Right. And so now when they when Joel lows, uh, lays down in his bed and they do kind of a shot of his watch and then he closes his eyes and the lights in the room immediately fade to show time passing. I know all that's going to happen and I know the exact lines that the characters are about to say, but I've never seen the show before. And it's really strange for that to happen. I don't know what it's called in terms of a, way to describe that other other than what i just did but that happened countless times throughout the episode where i just knew exactly what they were going to say they said the thing verbatim the transitions happened the exact same way and it just went forward and i was like i don't i don't know if i like this feeling like i kind of hate this (laughs) i kind of don't like knowing exactly what's going to happen that's a strange one. I mean, I, they'll probably stick close, but obviously they are going to have to make changes. There are some slight some, changes, yeah, yeah. Story-wise, they they probably also can't keep exactly to what happened, but they can keep the moments and sort of like the overall pacing of it. A lot of video games is pacing, right? Like, yeah. Well, they're, they're also doing a, a lot of the game. They're also doing a lot of like subverting of expectations. Where right. well. Um, in the game. So you'll know some of what happened and you won't know other stuff that happened, but it'll yes. overall take the same line. That's what I hope. In the game, in the opening, yeah. remember when mm-hmm. they're driving into the city and the truck hits the truck? Yeah. yeah. The truck doesn't hit the truck. <laughs> but they allude to it because they stop and there's a truck and it's about to T-bone them, but it doesn't hit. And then they go on and make almost, I would say, a better experience. Definitely one that's like, we have a lot of money bullshit <laughs> do you think do you think neil and the and the creative team had to do that certain things because that was Absolutely. the only way it was going to work in the video game and now that they have more budget and freedom they can do it other ways That's i think cool. so i i think it's i think a lot of it comes down to more money and i think it's it's also like the entertainment not entertainment but people that watch movies or tv expect the bombastic Whereas right. with games, it was much more like reeled in because um, yeah. they even do that with the opening in the game. It's just text in yeah. the show. It's a, sh- it's, it's an episode from like 
uh, a show from the seventies and he's explaining what right. the, the fungus is. And it's mm-hmm. really fucking scary. Like it's terrible. It's more terrifying than anything in the show. Uh, right. So far. That's cool. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really good. I, I'm, I think they're doing a great job that tonight's episode what? is actually directed by Neil Druckmann. It's his, it's his okay. debut yeah. of direction. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, while I didn't have that feeling for Last of Us because it's been so long since I played through it, uh, so I didn't know, like, I knew the basic gist, and I knew, like, certainly the points, bullet points of the thing, but I, I didn't know. However, when I watched The Sandman on Netflix, oh yeah, I, I watched that. that. That was a very faithful adaptation, and I knew, I was like, say the thing. <laughs> Shut the fucking thing! I read that! 300 times in the fucking comic and they said it exactly it's framed exactly the same way like, now that's true that probably that happens feeling. a lot yeah. with graphic novels because they like you know the image that you see is is there rather than it's uh, you know the realm of the your imagination with a book so to speak yeah um, yeah no, i definitely I'm like with it. comics because it was like you know yeah. you frame by frame by frame and they would frame it up story exactly board. the same way yeah and yeah right. oh yeah yeah so that's been pretty cool um, trying to think if there's any other news stories. Like this past week was just brutal. Every day was like enough. Enough news, please. Like X come on, like, I can't leave take more. Companies shutting down and yeah. I think I think so many try. people and and across yeah. so many places like Vox 130, yeah. uh, Google 12,000. Like come on, like what is happening? I'm 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 good. I don't need more news. The 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 unfortunate part I think of all that. If if there is a way to like say something's more unfortunate, is like industry might just be getting started, right? Like that's probably going to continue on the next week. People it's are going to try to piggyback off the fact that like Amazon's laying off ten thousand or twelve thousand, and Microsoft's doing ten thousand, and say like, yeah, we're laying off a hundred, <laughs> and <laughs> just kind of throw that in. Um, yeah. I mean, I talked to a lot of studios where their like finances are not looking great, and I'm like, oh boy, that's another acquisition waiting to happen. Because the easiest way out is to just get acquired. You think right? Ubisoft gets bought? Do you, Do you think they? Finally- I think Eve is like Eve is too stubborn, but like you know, they fought off they fought off a number of uh, of acquisition attempts, the Vendi and all that shit. Yeah, I think they don't want to. I think for now. And this is honestly a guess, but for now they're stable enough. But you know, they're two bad games away from two bad games away from uh, from being in that situation. God, aren't, so, yeah, you know, that, and that's sort of the, where we are right now. Is like everybody is two bad games away from from shit really going to hell. So right, right. I guess uplifting question: Did you have a game of the year last year? Did you do a giant bomb list? I, I did, but they didn't do external lists, so I'm, I'm oh, okay. I still have it. I need to figure out how or where to publish it. But put on like um, a medium or something like that. Somewhere. Yeah, I have a newsletter, but it's more for the game developers, so I I don't know where to put it yet. But you can't um, just Twitter it. Well, he he, he, he does like it. he does a five page essay. It's like a large videos, article yeah. every year. Yeah. But uh, I I I can list you stuff that I have on my list. Sure. Yeah. yeah I haven't picked like a favorite. I have um, I have Norco on there. I really thought Norco okay. was really clever. Uh, God of War. I didn't like it as much as God of War one, but given okay. that God of War was God of War and incredible, living up to that would have been impossible. Like 
getting close on its own is amazing. A Metal Hill Hellsinger. Mm-hmm. Really like Metal Hellsinger. I don't know if you all played it, but that, Zeke and Co are huge fans. Was, yeah, on That shit was good. Elder Ring, except for the UI. Please don't hurt me on Twitter, people. Please, please don't hurt me. On oh Twitter. yeah, I remember like, you I, got into some shit because you tweeted. Didn't just you? please, yeah. please do not, please do not <laughs> hurt me. That, that was yeah. enough. No, no, no. Um, I, I'm with you. The UI was trash for sure. <laughs> uh, the the case of Golden Idol. If you liked Oberdin, it was on my list. If you liked Oberdin. Go play a case with Golden Idol. That shit was good. Um, Stacklands. If you like weird ass city builder deck building games, city builders deck weird. Okay. Yeah, it's a card based city builder game. It's fun for about four hours. <laughs> it's made by uh, by Sopo, uh, which is this little indie collective that just does Patreon based Stacklands. You'll play it for like six hours, and there'll be six of the best hours that you play a video oh, game. Oh, I wish this. I never, month. I never actually got. I it's, never got to play it. It is good. It is really good. And then yeah. uh, that same category, Railbound. If you like a fun little puzzle oh, yeah. game, Railbound is good shit. Um, JP, you like that one? Did I? Railbound. Yeah, Railbound. Railbound. The puzzle game where you do the tracks, train tracks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I had forgotten I, the name of that game, but I remember it very vividly because I got angry at it. <laughs> nice. The, t- the tension nice. was there. Well, it was more yeah, like an angry. It, it, it was. It, there's a very weird syndrome that happens. It's a Twitch uh, streamer thing where, like, you feel like the monkey in the box trying to solve the puzzle, and it's it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's a very yeah. strange feeling. Um, for for my best multiplayer, I have Destiny 2, which has been continuously the case for six years. And up until this point, very few people have noticed that I just copy-paste the same text every year. Oh, yeah? Like, it's just literally the same thing. I just change a few details, and then it's just the same text. You can go to my giant bomb page, and it's just like... Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing every year. Uh, Vampire Survivor was on there. Like, yeah. how do you make a game that looks so stressful be so zen? It's just like that's a that's a fucking man. There's so many uh, crazy things. How do you make a game like Vampire Survivor pull in as many viewers as it does when it's so fucking basic? <laughs> that's also another question it's I would just, love to know. It's Zen, but like the the thing about Vampire Survivor is because it is so Zen, you can actually talk while playing it. So fucking like it's just a chill yeah. like hangout thing. It's like such a good like. You know how all those TikToks and, and, and like Instagram reels and all that just put like weird like anime shit while they're like talking, talking or like yeah. Minecraft videos? That's Vampire Survivor. It's like the ultimate we can talk while you watch this bullshit happening on your screen. Yeah. Um I have Trombone Champ. Fant- ah. Fantastic. I have not I have not cried with laughter as hard about it. like that game is both a joke and a punchline in one thing. Yeah. That's fucking phenomenal. Like that was hard. Like trombone champ was good. Good take uh, on loot white. boxes as well. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, Neon White was incredible. Speed running shooter, card based, card based shooter, speed running. Like I don't know what the fuck's happening. It's great. Didn't care one bit about the narrative myself. Like I just couldn't connect nope. with it. But holy nope, shit, those levels, like those yeah. levels were fire. Like every level, you're just like, what the? Hell? This is good shit. Uh, Dwarf the level Fortress. design and the music in that is is definitely made it my yep. one of my. It, I don't think it cracked the top ten, but it was close. Yeah, yeah. 
um a dwarf fortress like I, I don't know like man that game is not a game of the year game like it's it's not for this list that's a lifetime achievement award that <laughs> uh, we we shouldn't just be talking about already. that game just yeah. done like give give them the lifetime achievement like holy shit guys come on like yeah. <laughs> uh, marvel snap obviously what what um, collection level are you in marvel snap fuck if i don't know i i've stopped playing like a month ago okay or two months ago probably for the better i, I was doing fairly well but like i, I yeah. can look it up um we're good and then i have um uh quick mentions i had kirby forgotten lands roller drome dicey dungeons mobile super dungeon maker return to monkey island you call the shots which um was a game in which they take famous movie scenes and you have to call when the cut is supposed to happen oh I th- I, and it just i think i saw giant bomb guys play that maybe was it humorous uh, i remember yeah it was pretty that. funny okay yeah, that yeah, game yeah. that game was pretty good and then there was uh, Endling. Endling Extinction is Forever. That was also good. So Nice. Um, a roller Drome, if you haven't played Roller Drome, it is Tony Hawk Pro Shooter. Yeah. But it's basically, nobody tells you this, it's basically a Souls-like. Oh, yeah? That game is hard, and it's about finding the right way of going through the To advance the level. through a level, like, yeah. It's, it's like surprisingly Souls-like-y, so... Nice. That was sort of my list of stuff, and I'm still figuring out what exactly goes where. But that that's where I uh, that's cool. where I ended. Yeah, public. I'm trying to find that call the shots thing. How do I find it? It's called you call the shots, right? Is it on stage? Uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, I got. Oh wait, <laughs> I googled you call the shots Steam and got you call the shots vaccines web based training it is. course. <laughs> so uh, uh, see, the it CDC. is it is. Hachu, so like Hachu, but like A H C H O O, and it's on itch. That's right. So it's if you search for Hachu, A H C H O O, I really want to do this in the NATO alphabet, but then people would be like, "That's the most pilot thing I could possibly." That's do. Most oh, I got it. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it's up. Final question I got for you. Okay. How do you feel about Donkey? Doing the whole video game publishing thing. Well, I mean, I got to be honest. Brilliant strategy. Just only publish stuff that's good. Like, I can't believe anybody <laughs> has. Just, I cannot believe anybody has thought of that. Like, yeah. that is, frankly, I, we were just, in the industry, we were just all shocked. It's a pretty like, good strategy, incre- if you think that about it. That is fucking incredible. <laughs> like, so, what you do is you get money, and then you only spend it on good things. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, it. it he, he announced his first game. I forgot the name of it. That's, Chad will probably tell me that, here you soon. Know, that, that's amazing. Like, it's going really well. Going really well. You know, the game he announced that his name was a bigger deal than the game. That's that's that's, that's all. Yeah, it, you're not wrong about that. I remember more about the publishing than I do the game. Like, that he's it, here's the thing. Like, it's the kind of thing where I hope it works. Right? Uh-huh. Like, I really do hope it works. Because... Why the fuck would I not want an additional publisher in video games, right? Why would I not want more funding for more games in video? Like I, I have nothing against the idea of somebody starting a publisher, but like, come on, like, I think the amount of goodwill that he could have created publishing that versus the amount of goodwill he did create announcing that, not a not a not a great start. What a great start. I think as 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 somebody who is going to be publishing video games, it might be good to think of, you know, 
the developers as part of your as part of your announcement because you have you know you have to you have two sets of of customers you have two sets of customers one is your audience the people playing the games and the other is your developers which is the people that are going to make the games what the this is the game he's publishing okay it's called yeah. animal well okay i mean it looks cute it's on steam it's uh, cute so yeah no i'm i'm happy to hear that this is a good game as opposed to uh, <laughs> as opposed to the bad games because uh-huh. that will be it will be it will be atrocious if this was bad. I like it. It looks cute. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that's that's why why would they do that? That's weird. What is happening? Holy shit! That's an epilepsy warning. Giant cat goes. Okay, we got a little bit. We got a little bit of of of. Uh... Oh, good. The particle stuff's good. Oh, I don't want to be eaten by a frog. What about bats? That I'm terrified of bats. Okay. I you know what this is. This is cute. Like this is, but that's the thing, right? Like I, I would hope for it to work. I just also hope that he, like, when he gets to the point where he has done this once, that he kind of stops being an ass about <laughs> how he promotes about the it. Work. Yeah, just like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of that. I'm tired of that persona. Like I'm, I'm just so tired of the idea of like, oh yeah, let's just do. It, it's literally like I want the five page report from that guy. <laughs> I want I want the five page report like on how he selects what is just a good game because it, it's just it's just tiring sure. like everybody sort of like so everybody sort of being like oh yeah the, the, there's an easy way of doing this like come on like if it was an easy way of doing it everybody would be doing it and you wouldn't be special for it like what he has if we're being honest he has an audience right he has an existing audience of people who trust his opinions and they will do that for about two games. Yeah, you think that's, right, the first that's where one. it's going to go? Do you, let yeah, me, if, if, I mean, if this, they're good. This isn't a question then. necessarily for uh, when it comes to your expertise on video games, but if he fails, how much do you right. think his actual credibility as a his normal job starts to suffer? Right. I, I think he gets one. Yeah, one, get, one he, bad one? I think one? he gets one for free. He gets one bad one. And then he can always pull the like, oh my God, y'all, this is so much harder. And then he can talk about what went wrong and sort of retain his credibility once. I think if he does it twice. Yeah. That's also what we found in real publishers. You can, you can find, you can fire one miss at the second one. People start, the story starts developing that you're no longer picking good games. Sure. Right. One is a miss two is a pattern. So I think, I think that's what he has. I don't think he's an exception to that. I, I don't think his existing audience will forgive him for being something else than he is like he is a publisher now and a lot of people will treat him as a publisher just one that's fairly easy to reach online which might or might not be a boon in his case because publishing business ain't really like nice but at the same time i've never seen this pattern particularly like i you know there's similar initiatives but they were always groups of people he's doing it as him right I mean, I'm all for an experiment that doesn't hurt me if it goes wrong. So, like, let's see what happens. Like, well, if we, it crashes and burns, it'll be fucking fascinating to watch. If it works, good. Extra publisher. Like, yeah. from where I'm sitting, it's a win-win. There's definitely two ways to do it. I didn't even realize this, but I guess Yogscast published Played Up. And Played Up is, like, massively successful. I had no idea that that was Yogscast published. 
Uh, it's a good way of doing it. Yeah. But, uh, but it's also a good way of like protecting the brand. They have the money. Games are good investments. Being a publisher in games is good investment. So, Especially if you have an installed user your... base to begin with. It's like it's it's yeah. the equivalent of putting out a good game from, yep. you know, you're already There's opportunity. It, yeah. yeah. I, I hope it works. But also, if it doesn't, it'll be fascinating. Like, I'd, to watch. You know, yeah. The developers got paid, so... I don't give a shit. Like that that's my part of the the equation is like the developers got paid. If it's shit, nobody will buy it, nobody will be harmed by it. Yeah. So cool. yeah, we'll see. I mean, wish him luck. Please don't be an ass about it. What is it? And then let's go. Uh, I'm trying to see. So that game was first announced at the twenty twenty two Summer Game Fest. I don't know if they have a release date for it yet. Uh see more on our side. Remember to wish list on Steam and PS five, is what he said. From uh, Billy Basso, Billy Baso is the, uh, the creator of that, if you happen to know who that person is. I miss this game, so I'll be very curious to dig into it and see what's up. He previously worked uh, at Level EX, Game Dev, NetherRealm, and Phosphor Games. It's a good list. Yeah. I mean, I really do. I like the art style. It's cute. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep an eye on it. Pretty consistent. Should tone it down on the flashes in that one scene. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's that's. I think that is within parameters of of like potentially triggering. So probably don't put that in a trailer. Sure, that's just my opinion. That's all I got. I don't like killing people. Zeke, anything else? Should we do it? Should we end the show? I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'm good to go. I got to go get my lady some weed. She's out of <laughs> weed. So okay, there you let's go. Put, that's let's an important seven, get. So it is. <laughs> it is. Let's Did put I the seven seven on this uh, episode. Okay. All right, Zeke. Shout outs. Let's go. Yo, thank you, Rami, as always, for being here, dude. It's always like I, I it takes a lot of the pressure off me when you're here because I I, I can I, I don't feel like I need to to jump in as much because you are just a fountain of knowledge. And I just sit here wrapped. You have my rapt attention. Thanks for coming. Uh Co JP, as always, thank you for being my co-host. My name is Ezekiel the third. You can find me at or slash Ezekiel underscore I I I. On Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, or Ezekiel the Third, all spelled out on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Uh, I'm in the middle of CD Ramathon, um, going into the third week, and uh, showing no signs of stopping. Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, we're going to be checking out Trespasser, which is a Jurassic oh, wow. Park game. Yeah, I don't know. People said, like, dude, this is going to be bad. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I do bad shit. They're like... This is bad, bad, though. This is going to be like, and I don't know why everybody voted for it, probably, probably because of that. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, playing CD-ROM games all the month of January. And uh, we played a little bit of Carmen San Diego. We played some uh, some Neverhood. You know, been having a lot of fun with nostalgia. So come on down in the Pacific. That's all I got. Thanks for watching. Doesn't Trespasser have first-person boobs in it? I do not know. I think that, I think it does. Anyways. I'm going to keep claiming that I don't know. Okay. Even though you said that. All right. Gotcha. Rami, <laughs> let everyone know when Starfield is uh, going to be delayed till. What? I think they'll make more money never releasing that game. I have no idea what's <laughs> happening. Um, Take some shots. Uh, yeah. I, it's actually, I am not doing all too much at the moment. My year is just booting up, so I, I don't actually know what's happening. Uh Got my first events, mostly helping other developers figure their stuff out. Uh, for people who care about game development, game development insights, stuff like that, find me on Twitter, T-H-A underscore Rami. 
Uh, I don't stream all that much, but I intend on streaming a little bit more. Like same thing there. Uh, if Twitter goes on fire, like just I don't know where I'm going yet. Um, beyond that, just you know, thanks so much for having me. Love the show, uh, chat always. Like appreciate it and all your uh, nice comments and all the like not so nice comments. A few <laughs> of them I saw. I saw you. I saw you. Um, I don't give a shit about those, but it's nice to see them. It means that people care. You that's know, exactly that's what they right. always say. Yeah. That's it's just nice. It warms my heart. Um thanks so much everybody. Like it was an absolute joy. Thanks JP and Zeke and Co for having me and I hope to be back sometime in the in the future. Absolutely. We'll have you on uh when the industry starts to have uh, another awful week. We'll just bring you on board for the awful times, Rami. That's why we love having you around. Well, I'll be back next week, I guess. Just, uh, yep, we'll see you. Tune in. <laughs> Our perpetual guest. <laughs> 2023 should be a great time. Maybe. Uh, that's it. <laughs> We're done. I'm actually. I it's it's. I'm so excited that the show can now be in 60 FPS across the board. I don't. It's hard to convey. It's also hard to convey how incredible it is that my mouse and keyboard work fully across all PCs and I'm not limited to one keystroke every four seconds. That's also been an eight year endeavor that I've had to, uh, over and now it's just no more. It's great. 10 out of 10. Now we just got to get all of our guests to be 60 FPS as well. Rami who's sitting at 25 for the past three hours and 35 minutes. (sighs) Unbelievable. We're out of here. Thanks for watching.